on. <laughs> what freaking animals we are. We're like, oh, we're going to be great. All of you. Honey has so many regrets right now. <laughs> Like, you did this, Dottie. This your idea. Oh, I'm gonna need to stretch. This is gonna be good. Get, get right. the stretches in. Crack, crack the arms. Oh. All right. That's to Donnie's actual sanity for this. <laughs> we should do a duel every time. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Just merge the shows. <laughs> Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Empire. Um, I'm glad I hit recording when I did. Because all of that's staying in the show. We're going to yes. leave all that in there. <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. Um, <clears throat> so welcome listeners to the final recording, I believe, of PSVG for 2020, at least for us four, unless you guys have some secret projects I don't know about. Definitely in the final recording for me, our game of the year show, our favorite video games of 2020. I have brought all of my co-hosts together under one house, Garrett, Rebecca, and Elaine, the Shackapire. The coming together of two families, if you will. We all have Game Pass. Game Pass podcast. We do. See? Got Game Pass because of Donnie Reese. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a blast. We're just going to keep it light. I have asked everybody to bring a list of games. They could be in an order. They could not be in an order. They don't even have to be from this year. Just your favorite games that you've played um, this year. So... Um, I don't really know how to start. You guys want to just like round robin in or anything like that? Uh, how do you feel about the games that you played overall this year? Like without them overall, like how do you feel about 2020 overall for a year of games? For me, it started really short. Uh, I mean, really, uh, really slow. So I found myself going back and playing a lot of older games that I've been wanting to play for a long time. So half of my list is games that came out before 2020 that I played for the first time this year, and half of my list are games that came out uh, in 2020. Um, and I find that a lot of the games of 2020 came out in the second half of the year, just because I feel like it was kind of tilted towards the second half. Okay, that's interesting. I had a few that snuck in there. Um, for my favorite games of the year, and I, I, I created my list kind of top to bottom, like what I figured, you know, if I put them in order. I ended up with 25 games on the list. I'm not going to go through them all. Wow. We're only going to do the top 10, but like that's how many games I put okay. on my on my personal list of kind of my favorite games of the year. So this year overall for me, <clears throat> I think has a whole lot of quantity. There are a lot of really good, even great games, but there are not necessarily a whole lot of games that I think mm -hmm. are like my favorites that'll stick with me for years to come. Mm -hmm. I agree yeah. with that. Like I've had a lot of that same experience and it's probably because... Once stay-at-home stuff started, because we would be remiss in not discussing the fact that there's a global pandemic, right? Uh, sure. I started in that time I've going been vaccinated. Like, you got vaccinated. Yay. I'm still sitting in my basement for this time. I'll be fine. Um, I went back to comfort food games in that time, or like series that I knew I liked and maybe had a pieces missing. So I have kind of the same situation as Rebecca, where it's like, there's a bunch of stuff I have played this year that was like relevant to this year. There's actually a good bunch of stuff that I had bookmarked and I was like, oh, I want to finish or I want to start uh, from other years. And I was like, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with games that are set during apocalypses in mm. the April to maybe June, July span of this year. I'm going to need a timeout. So I filled it with other things. So. Nice. Yeah, I was pretty much the same thing this year. There's not really a game for me this year. It's like, that's game of the year for me. Whereas previous years, I definitely had that. Um, last year's was Outer Wilds. Like, it was like 
certain for me. But this year, I really had to dig back into my GGF, my backlog, and what I've beaten. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I beat that game this year. I should probably think about putting that in that list. So, yeah, uh, overall, it's been an okay year for me this year. And I wish I played more games because I know there's a lot of other awesome video games that I missed. Um, but we'll, we'll get to them later, I guess. Sure. Yeah. One shocking thing for my list as I sat down here and I penciled them all together and I put them in order that I felt comfortable with. <sighs> I feel like Rebecca's going to hate this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Age of Calamity what? comes in at 11. Missing okay. my top 10, which I... means I don't have a single Nintendo published game in my top 10 of this year. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And That's it's, interesting. That's pretty big. It's not to say that I didn't like them. I have four Nintendo published games in my top 20, but they just don't make the cut. They just didn't make the cut. And uh, we talked about Nintendo Shark all year. This is probably a slower year for Nintendo. And while I definitely have a lot of games that I enjoyed from Nintendo, and I did kind of a little rundown here, there's probably 21 exclusives or, um, you know, like profile, higher profile games that hit Nintendo, Mm -hmm. including ports. And I bought most of them. So it's not like I didn't enjoy the year that was. Just not a lot of it like hit me in kind of critical fanfare type of ways. No, I definitely understand that. And I, I don't blame you at all. I feel a lot of the same way. And you guys know, I feel very um, disclaimer, you know, anyone who doesn't know that I, the only like console that I have is the Switch. I haven't mm-hmm. had a PlayStation since the PS2. I don't have an Xbox. So for years, I've been missing a lot of console exclusive games, some of these hard hitting games that I intend to play someday, but I don't play a lot of games when they first come out if they're not Nintendo games. Um, so there's a lot of really like high profile games that I know are very good that probably would have made, you know, my list if I had played them. I just didn't this year. That's a that's a really good segue, and I want to go there before we get into our list. Are there any games of yours that are like highly praised that you just know won't make your list? We can go ahead and get out of the way. So if people are hearing us, and they're like, "Why aren't you talking about such and such game?" I'll, for example, I'll start Hades is a great mm. game that a lot of people love that would just not make my list for for mm. games that I like to play. Mm-hmm. I have tried it. It just didn't stick with me. It's not like a, I'm not placing judgment on the game. It's just not in my favorites. It's not my favorite type of game. Do you guys have games like that? Um, Hades is in my list. It barely made it in, in, the, fifth, in the fifth spot of this year. Um, I really enjoyed it, but that's one of those games I need to go back and, and spend a little bit more time with. Um, I, I kind of agree with you, Donnie, in a, a little bit. It's a roguelike game, so it's going to be hard for people who are not into those types of games. Um, but I think what Hades sets differently than other roguelites, um, it feels unique each run. Um, it's it, You raise your, your loadouts organically oh, sure. um, every I time. Thinking, like, are there any, like, the other games that I have on the wouldn't make my list is mm. The Last of Us 2 wouldn't make my list. Final yeah. Fantasy VII wouldn't make my list. Microsoft Flight Sim would not make my list. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've played them all. They wouldn't make my list because I either don't like them. Like I acknowledge that they're good, but don't like them. Gotcha. Or like in Final Fantasy's case, I've never done Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it's right. just yeah. clearly like by omission. These are for those I for, for different reasons. The fact that I didn't play them. Maybe if I did play them, I feel like a lot sure. of them might have made my list. But since I don't have consoles to play them i I played all the way through the last of us part two and it's still not on my list as well i didn't finish it and it doesn't make mine because i didn't one i didn't finish it and two 
not this year, man. It was too, it was too <laughs> much in this climate much. for my brain to digest. The other one that doesn't make my list, which probably would have if I had gotten to it, is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Because I just didn't get to it. So, And it's like that's one of the plastic wrapped mm-hmm. games in the basement here somewhere in a stack of sadness. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. There's just no, there's not enough time. There wasn't enough time. So. Well, I've, I, I, I'm surprised. I thought it was for sure it would make your list, Garrett, in The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, so I, I think about it a lot and it's like, I know it's a great game yeah. and it's, it's uh great writing and, and story or whatever, but the way they, okay, hold on the way they went through that story and, and the characters that they want me to care about. It's like, you just pulled me out. They really just pulled me out of the weight of these characters in this story. And it's like, okay, you're just going to do what you want to do and try to teach me a lesson. That's that's fine. I'll just judge it from that side. I'm not really into it anymore. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. So hmm. that's that's how I think about it. I still think it's a great game. It's just, I do too. Like if we were doing superlatives yeah. like for console, my vote for best PlayStation game of the year would be The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not one of my – like I said a lot of my thoughts, so I'm not going to regurgitate them all, but I, I know on a, on a game of the year list, people are probably going to want to hear something about it. Um, for me, I didn't feel like it paid off like my yeah. seven or eight years worth of waiting. Yeah. I didn't get the completion to the arc in the universe that was building the first mm-hmm. time. And I felt like what they did to change the narrative about Ellie and Joel, um, I felt there's two main reasons that I think I've really circled on that I think could have changed how I felt about this game overall. If there was more foreshadowing in the first game mm-hmm. leading to this point, I felt like the retconning of the first experience you know, is uh, yeah. something I didn't really like. It was like kind of like a, to me, as I've said oftentimes, one of my favorite games of all time, it's like a sacred experience for you then to go and kind of retroactively change that original experience, that original feeling, mm-hmm. or it kind of puts me in a, in a, like, a, oh, I don't really like that place. And then mm-hmm. on top of it, the pacing or, or not even yeah. the pacing, the structure yeah. of how they did it. If, if you didn't do like this entire one arc one way and then go back to the beginning and go an entire another arc to show you the, like maybe if, they, maybe if they had bounced back and forth more often and they kind of led you to that point more, I don't want to say linearly or organically, I think maybe it would hit different because uh, in that second act or that second turn of the coin, if you will. And it really felt for me as the player, it felt really hard for me to care a whole lot based on the journey that I've been on for the last decade getting into that point you know it's like mm-hmm. how could they have lessened that if maybe if they'd shown their hand a little earlier and not make me play the entire day one day two all over again i think that both of those things kind of compounded to me really just not enjoying it gotcha mm-hmm. so let's kick it off somebody give me your number whatever 10 11 12 5 Oh boy, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna throw one out that I because I didn't order my list, so I'm gonna throw okay. one out. I'm gonna talk about Kentucky Route Zero because okay. I feel like Kentucky Route Zero is a game that a lot of people aren't gonna discuss because four parts of Kentucky Route Zero were released before this year, and the fifth part of Kentucky Route Zero was released this year along with their TV edition, which basically means yo guys, we put it on console. This was a ride for me. I waited. I didn't play the first four episodes because I was waiting. I, with episodic games, I at least like to know an end date for when I get the fifth and it had been pushed and pushed. And there was so much time that I was like, this is never going to come out. It's never going to come out. I played it on switch. Actually. I played it sitting in my bed in the dark with headphones on, Mm -hmm. on a, on a switch light. And I just, that's how I played it. So Rebecca, if you haven't, it's great on there. And it's, 
you know, it's a narrative game. It's walking you through a story. There isn't like puzzles to solve. It's it's a conversational. It's what you would, I guess, call a walking simulator. But that game touches on concepts about loss and death and personality and who one is in a way that is very unique and tells a really good story and builds really interesting characters with like interesting backstories that you want to know more about. And I think that's I know it's not going to make a lot of lists this year because, oh, well, it's just the fifth episode. But the fifth episode tied the bow. And it was one of those experiences that I thought about for like a week afterwards. And I was like, wow. man, it just sort of stuck with me. And it wasn't like... I bailed on that oh, game after the third episode. I'm not surprised <laughs> because it's a slow burn type of game. And it's talking about stuff that's like conceptual and kind of like, you yeah. know, big and like... a. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like it doesn't give you finer points and drive you along. So you have to want to know real bad. Mm. But for me, it was just like, oh, this is exactly what I need right now. I think I played it in March. Mm. I think that's right. Or February. So is it point click or is it just like buttons all the way through? There's a little bit of moving around environments, especially in certain okay. episodes. Like certain scenes work differently, right? And okay, then some cool. of it's like buttons through and conversation options. And the music is like hauntingly beautiful in certain Nice. Parts. Like I, oh, I, totally bought vinyls of those of the two albums that they put out that i don't have yet but i will eventually get them uh i don't know there's something about the writing it just did it for me and i don't think it'll get mentioned so i wanted to kick that one in the my hat in that one so nice number cool. 10 for me is Sackboy's big adventure oh uh nice developed by sumo published by playstation playstation exclusive on ps4 and ps5 it's just a really 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 good yoshi game I yes. mean, that is, that is <laughs> really true. what it is. It's it makes the little noise when you hold the jump button, yeah, and, like, <laughs> jump. <laughs> and I love it so much. It's got that Yoshi's Woolly Crafted World vibe. Mm. Oh, I love that. But it's game. a better platformer. I kind of agree. Yeah, it's a better platformer. Um, it's it's a robust platformer. I have still not even beaten. It. I've been chewing on this game for weeks, and uh, I just kind of hop in. I bought a whole beanbag chair. Sit down and play this game, really. And uh, I kind of play three or four levels at a time, like every weekend, I just sit down. It's kind of how I wake up in the morning, play a little Sackboy, and it's just, it's great. All the customization is there. The charming spirit of Sackboy is completely there. You know, so if anybody was worried about, like, it not being, you know, uh, was it Media Molecule? Who are the yes. folks that do it? The Dreams people, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, the right Media Molecule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anybody's worried, like, you know, Sackboy lost something, it's all there. You get to dress him up in all of his cute little outfits. Cool. All of his expressions are there. And it feels like Sackboy. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely like a Yoshi, like a ukulele. Um, it's mm -hmm. in that spirit. It has a lot of the same mechanics, but it's, it's robust. It's big. There's a lot to chew on. There's mm -hmm. lots of levels, um, lots of hidden stuff. Um, even in the first world, and I spent a lot of time replaying levels. It's usually how I do this. Keep playing and keep playing until I get all the hidden things. I still, I don't think I've got them all. I think I only got like 90%. Like there's a lot of stuff there. So that was my number Did 10. Did you play Little Big Planet <clears throat> 3? Oh, yeah. The third one? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I, so. uh, folks may not know this about me, although I don't think it's a big surprise knowing uh, my Nintendo-ness. I love Little Big, <laughs> little, little big Planet. We did gotcha. Little Big Planet carding. I had a Little Big Planet faceplate for my original PS4. Um, hmm. It's one of my favorite little franchises that PlayStation makes. So, And when it was announced as a PlayStation 5 exclusive, like I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was definitely one of the games. I was like, I really want to play it. And then they're like, it's also come to PS4. Yay! 
I get yeah. to play. <laughs> my only experience with Little Big Planet was uh, when I was in Denmark. It was my first couple weeks there. I stayed with a host family, and that was one of the games that they were showing me. And I had never heard of it at the time, and it was all in Danish. But um, I, you don't need to read anything for that game. So no. it's kind of a good no. bonding experience. Yeah, cool. great game. And yeah, I is. miss it. And uh, I wish they did more of it. One of our favorite games as a family was Little Big Planet Karting. They kind of did like a Mario Kart thing all around the little big planet world. And that was really a lot of fun. And I liked uh, sack boys and collusion and hot shots golf. And I got all that stuff. I got the, the, the little plush and everything. So number 10 beats out age of calamity. Wow. Uh, I'll finish out what I've been saying about Hades. Uh, that's probably my number 10. I'll, I'll alternate between this year and then previous years that I've played this year. Okay. So uh, for Hades, again, I, I think it's very unique roguelike game. It's uh, Supergiant's uh, first roguelite, and it's also um, the way they developed it um, was really beneficial. They did early access and then did a full release this year on Switch. They just are now doing cross-saves, so you can do PC and now Switch uh, if you want to. I think the best thing about that game is the writing. Um, It's unique, and every time you go through the runs, the characters are kind of reminded when you're de- they're defeated or not defeated and they actually respond to you in that way. Um, you get you, there's just so many layers into that game. I really want to dig into and I want to play more of next year. It's just so many games to go off of, but, um, but yeah, I know people in PSVG land, they're, they're loving it that I know Josh is like, like beating it and, and other people in there. And not I, I want to be on- it like 10, 12, 15 different times. Mm-hmm. That's the it's point of roguelites. Yeah, that's yeah. the layering. That's, it's actually maybe one of my favorite games this year. It's probably yeah. in my top three easily. I, I think it's, I like the genre, so I should preface, right? Gotcha. Like I like this genre. I'll pick up just about any roguelike and find something to enjoy in it. But it's the super giantness yes. that uh, that does it for me. And it's largely like Pyre is a game a lot of people did not play. And Pyre, mm-hmm. the mechanics of Pyre were like space soccer, you know, like kind of interesting uh, <laughs> basketball soccer. But it, that right. wasn't what I loved about that game. It was the voice acting, the writing and the music and characters. And every that, game that super giant point like releases on like day one. I'm I'm getting this because Thanks. I know I'm going to love it yep. a lot. So. Number 10. Has it arrived to other consoles yet? No. Okay. Nope. It'll probably be next year. Mm-hmm. So Switch and PC. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I have two lists. I think I might kind of do the same and alternate between them going mm-hmm. back and forth. I want to start with um, a game on my older list. Uh, this game came out last year, I believe. It did come out on Switch this year. Um, I played it on PC, though. Um, I played it, like, right in the very beginning of the pandemic, like, right in the midst of lockdown. Um, You guys are probably going to laugh at this one, but I wanted to include it on the list um, for a specific reason. And it's a short hike. Oh yeah. Um, yes. Like that that um, so this is a it's it is a short hike, just like the the title says. It is a short game. I think it maybe took me three or you know three hours or so to beat. Um, but this game I played, I think, at a really important time for it to be on this list because I remember I was I don't remember why, but I wasn't having a good day for whatever the reason was. Um, and like I said, it, you know, it was right in the middle of quarantine and lockdown, you know, I was feeling lonely. Um, So I played this game and it was exactly what I needed, I think, to 
lift my spirits up. It is probably the most wholesome game I've ever played in my entire life. Um, since a lot of people probably aren't familiar with it, the premise is you play as this little bird who's trying to reach the top of the mountain to get cell phone reception. And you don't know why, you don't know, you just know it's an important call. Um, you find out why once you, once you get to the top of the mountain, what that important call is. Um, but the gameplay is so simple. You walk around this island, which is pr surprisingly big, I think, for, for a game of you know, how small it is. Um, and there's simple things to do. Like, you know, you might participate in like a marathon race. You might like, you know, run around like looking for hidden, you know, little treasures. Um, you need to find little feathers to boost your your flight higher and higher each time. Um, and there's multiple ways that you can play it. You can play it differently every time, um, take different paths, find different things. Um, but just once you get to the top and like you kind of see the whole island once you're at the top and like how pretty it is, uh, even though it was so short, it just feels like like an accomplishment. Um, so that game, it was so wholesome. It was exactly what I needed at that time, you know, when I played it. Uh, so I wanted to include that on my list. Nice. Nice. I, I played it on PC as well. I bought it again. I got it in the, the Humble Bundles because they bundled it in. So I have hundreds of games. I think that's where I got it. And uh, yeah, it is on Switch. It's very cheap. Yeah. Really recommend it. I rebought it on Switch just to give that dev a little extra money because yeah. I feel like you're right. It's like the feel good thing you need in 2020. Very feel good. Very yeah. feel good. It's very relaxing. The music is chill. It's so good. And a little humorous writing too. Mm -hmm. The dialogue is is very um, casual and very humorous. My number nine game is Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Since I've talked about it on both oh, wow. of our shows the last couple of weeks, I won't go on about it. Um, I just think it's a really good open world adventure game. And if you're looking for that, you know, kind of big meaty. Yeah, adventure that you can just go on and go get lost in the world. Immortals has a lot to give you. I hate the story, but the gameplay and the mechanics went out, and uh, it's really pretty. And I do like a really pretty game. So nice. I guess it's my turn. I want. I would be remiss if I did not mention Fall Guys in twenty twenty. <laughs> okay, it's on my list. I realize on that like, I um, look, I have it at number four. It's probably not quite as high on mine, but like I said, I didn't order mine. So I'm just going to talk about stuff in the order I feel like talking. Sure. How about that? This is how I'm doing the end of 2020. <laughs> Fall Guys is one of those games that I didn't know that I wanted until I had it. Um, I, it was like, I have played so many Battle Royales. I have played hundreds of hours of Tetris 99. I have played your Battle Royale in every version that you could probably give it to me. I don't need another Battle Royale. And then along comes a Battle Royale that's like so simple and silly and easy to pick up that mm -hmm. it became the game with my kids where we would sit in the basement and pass the controller between the three of us. Same. Oh, you lost that round next. Same. Even my husband tried it. Like yep. and that's, there's a joy. Games like that are special because they don't happen in my house. We all like different things. My husband's a grumpy old man who doesn't like to play video games <laughs> except Pokemon Go. So for a game to sort of transcend and, and get to all of us at once and bring us into one space and not have fighting, like it's special. It deserves to be in a top list. You know, like it was rad. I don't know. What were your guys' experience with that one? Well, I mean, with, I have it at number four. That's really oh, high nice. on my list. Um, it's one of the biggest reasons why I still have a PlayStation around. And it definitely is that for us. We've been passing a controller around. And you talked about, you know, pandemic and lockdown. We've played a lot of that together as yep. a family. And it's the ability uh, for anybody to pick up and just kind of play um, mm -hmm. is really – and that simple, that simple joyous type of thing is really Nintendo. It's, like, quite shocking that Nintendo didn't get here first. Um, but I'm so glad – that, that that this game is here and it's probably one of my most played indie games 
of Ooh, all year. All right. Like I've played a ton of this game and some of my favorite memories of this year was spent. I I played this game to like 3.30 in the morning with Josh and Sean and people. Like, mm-hmm. It's just so easy to keep playing another round, another it's, round, another round. It's true. Like, it really is. I think my best memory of this entire year just around video games is my son playing around, getting to the last, last hexagon. My daughter and I being so nervous that we couldn't watch, so we turned away. And then we hear him screams, 10-year-old, like, you know, screams, I did it. And we turn around and he won. And then everybody's jumping up and down in the basement. Everybody's hugging each other. And my husband comes in and he's like, what the hell is going on down there? And I'm like, Nathan won a crown. He's like, I don't even know. What's a crown? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, why don't you come down and see? And that's how we got him in. But it was like, I've never seen my children so, like my daughter so happy for my son to have accomplished something. So, it's I, so like very- I so badly want Fall Guys to become Fortnite. Like I, I want it to be on every platform. I want it to be free mm-hmm. to play. I want it to get Nintendo and Xbox and PlayStation and Marvel and Batman. I want it to get all the licensed content, yeah. everything in the world. I want to buy so many outfits for my little fall guy. Like I want to give them so much money. I like I love the game so much. Take my money, make me a dragon again. <laughs> fall guys was actually number five on my 2020 list. So that was the next one that I was going to be talking about anyway, for all the same reasons that, that you just were. Um, you're right. I h- haven't played it admittedly in a while, but I want it to come to switch so badly. I know once it does, cause it feels like the kind of game that would be perfect just to play in handheld, like, yeah. you know, right before bed, you know, a couple of rounds, but you're right, Donnie, I would do the same thing. I would, I would pour money into it. Um, it's, it, you know, the, the perfect, they really found something special with that. I think fall guys is one of the few games that I just started and I just smiled just yes. left to right. Like yeah. I, I was like a complete joy. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am just being happy. And there's some bright colors. I'm just <laughs> jumping and grabbing people and just messing around. It was awesome. Yeah. And I initially got it on PlayStation. I went over and uh, bought it on PC as well. Played it with my friends, uh, my, my old uh, childhood friends. And we just kept hanging out. I think that was another cool thing too. I was just hanging out with friends and just playing this game mindlessly and it's like, this is just so cool to just chill and just be happy about. Um, yeah, Fall Guys There's is There's so super much cool. adrenaline when you make the that final too. round. Like, it's I can't, <laughs> can't describe that feeling. It's, it's so good. It's the same experience that I always get. And it's funny because my kids are like, whatever, mom. And I'm like, look, okay, when I get to like the top 10 in Tetris 99 and the music changes, it's that same. Yeah. Or the kids get to the top yeah. five in Fortnite because I'm not cool enough to play that game. <laughs> really not. I'm not good at it. But it's the... It's interesting because it brings me so much joy to play it, and there's so much cursing when it all goes wrong. <laughs> I like feel generally bad. Like my kids are like, "Mom," and I'm like, "I can't. I'm sorry." <laughs> I'm Did you see that? Like, I love like, how it weaves like single. You're all out for yourselves, in with team party games with yes. complete strangers without voice chat, and it, it like it's just seamless. And everybody just keeps playing mm-hmm. and it makes sense. And that sounds like that's a lot harder to pull off than than you think it is. How many like games, you know, that are multiplayer centric, like miss that mark? You know, there's people that don't want to play Among Us without voice chat and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, usually people need those tools. And with this game, it's it's not even a factor. You just jump mm-hmm. in and keep playing. It's really because good. the rounds are so quick, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's that one more round game that yeah. like... Because the rounds and stuff like even Tetris or Fortnite, most battle royales are kind of long. You're there for a while, especially if you make it to the end. In this game, you're just like, another one. <laughs> you know, flip a cup over and, and go again. Because they're like four or five minutes and you're out. You know? I can do better next time. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm better at video this games. This is the one. Child that was clearly, I'm not better at video games than the 10-year-old child. I love watching people <laughs> jump and miss at the end. That stuff makes me giggle. Those clips are the best, like on YouTube, when they p- compile a bunch of them together. 
That's it's like my kids' funny. favorite thing to watch. That <laughs> and like people doing that in Fortnite. Like, to, to mom, mom, look at this. I'm like, oh God, I'm old. I'm so old. <laughs> yeah, that was my number five. So go ahead, Garrett. Uh, okay. So uh, number five on games that are released from another year, a 3DS game that is a remake of an older game, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Nice. Yes, I finally played it and beat it. I've t- discussed it extensively on Shaq, so I'll just be really quick. Extensively over like 12 months. <laughs> yeah. Started, we encouraged you every time. started it before the pandemic. Yep. <laughs> and, and then right around now-ish, yeah, that's where I ended. Um, yeah, I could tell this game uh, is a seminal Legend of Zelda game. I'm glad I played it. Um, very emotional. I, I really enjoyed the puzzles in there. I, in, of course, my favorite is the water dungeon, uh, the water temple. Yeah, I know people hate it. I was like, this is awesome. This is like sure. one of the best puzzle dungeons ever. A broken man. <laughs> that's, a, that's the appropriate response. <laughs> he, he's saying things that made younger me go, I'm never playing another water level. Remember, they cleaned it up a lot on the 3DS version. They, they that's did. Probably that's bad. the version to play, but yeah. like the N64 version made me like mad. <laughs> So, um, I I love the ending of that game too. I think it was just right, and and you know what, it was just uh, yeah. I it was so good. I, I think it was just very important to play, and I'm glad I played it this year. Nice, Rebecca. Well, I said Fall Guys is my is my number five for 2020. Should I? Yeah, let's then. One. Okay, just keep going. Um, let me go back to my older list then. Um, for number four for my older list is Mass Effect Two. Oh. I had never played a wow. Mass Effect game before this year. Oh, honey. Um, I didn't play one. I was told to skip straight to two, so I did. Um, I'm so glad that I did. And I'm definitely going to get the trilogy next year. And I want to start with one, play two again, fix all of my mistakes that I made, <laughs> and then play three. Um, you guys know I love games that have really, really strong characters that you get attached to. And this game absolutely had that. Um, I had, I'm had i not really a big, uh, you know, sh- shooter type per- like gamer. Um, I don't play a lot of games like that. So I was unsure how I would like this one. But I mean, it was easy enough that I didn't have a problem with it um you know it was fine uh i got very attached to the characters a lot of them died at the end of my (laughs) game (laughs) it was very sad i choked up at the end of that game it was very very sad but you guys also know i love when games tear me to pieces like that and this Mm. one did um so i definitely felt like i was immersed into the universe in this game um so i'm really looking forward to playing the trilogy I'm, i'm gonna get it um you know, when I get my PS5, um, I'm really looking forward to this because I want to play the first one. Even though I heard it's not as good, I still want to like kind of see where the first one was and play it in order. Um, fixing, like I said, <laughs> fixing my mistakes. I feel like there's a lot in that game and I didn't go back to it, but I will definitely in the trilogy, like just explore, like how much there is to explore in this world. There's so much extra side stuff beyond the the main story um, that you could spend hours and hours and find new things. Um, but Garrett, I, I think you need to play this. <laughs> wait, Sounds wait, good. wait, wait, wait. Is this hey. the one we bully him into next year? Because we did Ocarina this year, right? Oh, like, yeah, we're, yeah. We're bullying Garrett into playing Mass Effect. Are you here's, his game. It's crazy because I was a 360 guy. 
I never played Mass Effect though. Oh. The same way. This is your game. It was the same yeah, way. It is. Same way. Okay, good. I'm I was a 360 guy on the almost the entire generation, and I knew what was happening, and I saw it, and I heard everybody, and I was just space. No, I'm good. <laughs> I yeah. love space. Me too. And I don't. I'll, I'll get it next year though. Yeah, you I will probably. I will probably get the remaster and try it again. Oh, it's gonna look gorgeous. I'm no. very. Excited. You already looked. I played it on PS3. It, it looked good. Yeah, it I played. I played the backwards compatible part, and the visuals didn't really bother me. I, I played it. I just totally and I played about ten hours. I think of both, and uh, there's not normally my style of game, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of put them down. But I'll probably try mm-hmm. the remaster anyway. I would I'm sure argue that Kevin will get it if I don't. I would argue that one is actually better than it's given credit for, um, mm-hmm. especially if you don't love shooters because it plays more like an RPG. Like it's, yeah. it, they started to slide it towards being more actiony by three, mm-hmm. but one is one is better than a lot of people give it credit for. But it hasn't aged as well. So with the remaster, I'm excited to hear what you think about. Yeah, one. definitely. I'm look, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that might be uh, one of my most anticipated games. Yes. Nice. Number seven on my list. Speaking of strong characters, and that's why it's on here. Tell me why Xbox published mm. game from Don't Nod that released in August, um, starring two twins, Tyler and Allison. Yeah, and their mom Mary Marianne, something right, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, great, great little story, and I love, mm-hmm. and I call it little in a, in a charming and endearing way because it is. A, a local story. It's very like grounded, and it's mm-hmm. a small group of people in this little town. And the town is its its own character, if you will. It's it's really pretty. And I've always liked Don't Nod games, so this isn't this isn't a surprise to anybody to see this on my list. But um, that said, I, I was really I think looking back as I was trying to come up with my list, I don't think any of these games on my list didn't really tie me specifically to a character in a loving way like tell me why I did and uh it kind of goes through everything and I love not that it had to I don't I don't mean that it had to because I, I very much enjoyed learning um about Tyler and their path and, and being transgendered and kind of the stuff that I've, I found all that eye-opening and awareness raising for me but I love that the story I think overshadowed that aspect and, and the, the glaring takeaway of the story overall was better um than that factor that it wasn't just about um, somebody that was transgendered is actually this path of these kids kind of finding contentment with where they left off with their mom. And mm-hmm. the puzzles were fantastic, especially if you yeah. have the optional ones. And, uh, and I like that type of stuff. And, and I, and I, I committed them quite a bit for, um, for, for kind of those last puzzles in chapter three that really bring the story full circle and kind of tie the bow on it. Um, so that's why it's so high on my list. I really enjoyed it. Tell me why. Yeah, that's uh, number two on my list. Oh, nice. I guess I, I think. play this one. It's one of my biggest omissions of the year, I think, for me personally. Yeah, I think it's I, – I agree with everything what Donnie said. It's a tight story. I love how it's very dense, but it's also three episodes and it's short, and you can probably go through it um, pretty – it's pretty digestible. I really think a lot of the choices in here were a little bit of a step up from Life is Strange. There was there was a lot of different types of decisions and choices I had to make in each situation where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what these characters want to do. And, you know, I feel like it was just very organic to just go through those choices. I really enjoyed um, Tyler being in, into the story and, like, having that transgender role and how does that – you know, apply in this society and what kind of people are in there and how they react. 
Um, I like how we made very different choices, like me and Rebecca. Uh, <laughs> I made more. Yeah, I, <laughs> I made more aggressive decisions. You did. Rebecca, more softened decisions, uh, but we got totally different endings too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, so, cool. Yeah. yeah. That was number four for me. That was actually the one that I was going to talk about next for my 2020 list. Um, I didn't like the puzzles as much as you did, Donnie, but the characters and story were really good to me. I, you know, that just getting immersed with who they are, what their relationship was. Um, and I think the, what was really different to me than it was for Life is Strange when I was done with Life is Strange one and two. I was able to say, okay, out of these endings, this is the one that I think is, you know, the strongest, what I see as canon. I'm happy with this outcome. I feel like I can't say that as much for Tell Me Why, but I kind Mm. of like that. I like that I can look at my ending that I got and look at Garrett's ending that he got and say, you know what? Like, I, I see merit in both of these and it really made me think long after I was finished playing. I know a game's good when, when I'm doing that, when I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. okay, well, here's, this world, here's what this side of it, you know, of it is, and here's what the other side is. And really just think about who these characters are, what makes the most sense. It was in my head for a very long time, mm-hmm. this world. I think- that makes me want to play it because yes. I find, and I love Don't Nod's games and I love narrative games with choice, but I find often in narrative games with choice, there is a right answer at the end. You right. get an ending that feels like the right answer. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't get it, you go Google the endings, you watch them on YouTube and you go, "Oh, that's the one I wanted." That's right? how that's it was one. for me with Life is Strange, but for right. this one, I like I think all of the so endings much. have yeah. merit. That's compelling and good mm-hmm. writing because yes. then it feels like my ending. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful because you don't get that. Most like I said, most narrative games feel like that was the right answer. I yeah. want one that feels like my answer yep. and it's good. So yep. that's really cool. I'm gonna have to put this higher on the to play next year immediately. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. maybe trying to get you to do that sooner rather than later. I think one of the things that made me rank it so high because I'm I'm kind of at a part of my list where a lot of these games are all the same for me in terms of yeah. like favoritism. They're all just kind yeah. of good. Uh, but this one really strikes in the writing, the strength of the writing in this how they use the fairy tale book to explain the kids mm-hmm. backstory and like their connection with their mom that unravels in the puzzles, in the folk tales, in the memories and the whole memory system. It's like, it's all woven together very tightly and in a way and in very, I don't know, like important essential, you know, it's a very essential stuff. And like, if you're not paying attention to that stuff, you're not doing the puzzles, you're like, you're missing out a large part of it, you know, yeah. and it really kind of, mm-hmm. I think it, it strengthens that bond. And that was like something they talked about, um, being able to, to kind of have this telepathic, you know, power with your twin. It's like that bond that this family has, but the, the storybook and the memories and the trolls and, and like when you go underneath the house and no spoilers for Elaine here, but strengthens the bond that these two kids had with their mom and like this family that they were together. Mm-hmm. And as you start to kind of unravel the onion and all of the stuff that's kind of going on in orbit around these three people, um, really strong, strong in a way mm-hmm. that I prefer the life is strange games for completely different reasons, but this game is strong writing narratively that those games I don't think ever were. 
Yeah, um, because I it, 100% agree with that. Yeah. All right, fine. Look, and it's one of those games where just like I forget a couple others that we were talking about. The more you kind of explore and poke around, the more you learn, and it enriches mm-hmm. everything that you know. So if you do the bare minimum, you'll probably still enjoy it. But the more you poke around, it's really, really going to affect you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to play it over the Christmas. Maybe. Yeah. There's one I puzzle. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think. I, now I need to. There's yeah. one puzzle that you can choose to solve. Or you can just smash it. I, I think yeah. I, I might have smashed it. <laughs> I was going to say this sounds like a tr- <laughs> It's like, really, really cool. It's, okay. it's, it lets you solve it if that's what you want to do, or you can kind of bypass that and focus mm-hmm. on what you enjoy. But in solving it, you do get other pieces of... You do. I yeah. love solving the puzzle. So did I. Yeah, I did all the things. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll, I'll say about it is the balancing act between Tyler and Allison and the way you make decisions on both of them, I think was pretty unique as well, separate yeah. from the Life is Strange games. I love the relationship between them and it really depends on your choices. It has some weight to that. And um, Allison has some issues on her own that yep. she needs to to solve out throughout this game as well. So it, it's, it's just, it's so great. It's a great game. That's a good choice, Donnie. Thank you. Now I'm gonna have to play it because I'm the only uncool kid. Played it yet. Game Pass. I game know. Pass. I was gonna say that. Well, I have the Game Pass, so it puts a sticker on. There you it. go. Uh, all right. So my next. Let's talk. Let's talk about Doom. Ooh, number, number three on my list. And I don't want to talk about Doom that you want to talk about at number Uh-oh. three yet because I want to talk about the Doom that got re-released alongside that Doom, which oh. is my favorite Dooms of all time. Oh. Let's talk about Doom sixty four. Which is a what? game that's not come out this year. And a game that was remastered for consoles and Switch and everything this year alongside Doom Eternal. So it came out at the same either the same day or the day right after. And I decided at the beginning of the pandemic, I can't handle The Last of Us. So I'm gonna rip and tear through the entire Doom catalog. Nice. Beginning to end. I'm just gonna play wow. like comfort food, right? Doom for me, as a kid who owned a computer and had DOS and installed Doom off and WADs off DOS. Doom is comfort food. So I played Doom 1. I played Doom 2. I played Doom 3. Not my favorite Doom. I played Doom 2016. And then I played Doom 64 before Eternal. And it reminded me how much I love Doom 64 and how it's probably top three favorite Dooms. It jockeys for position with Doom 2. Doom, the first Doom is still my favorite. But Doom 64 is really good. And it has some. Doom Doom 3. I don't hate Doom 3. (laughs) I. I just don't like it as much as the There's rest a really of good like out. Resident Evil Dead Space game in there. It, it's a horror <laughs> game. It's a survival horror game instead of a Doom game. Kinda. So I think if you came into it looking for a Doom game. You're like, screw this game. Flip over table, walk out. <laughs> right. Um, Doom 64, though. Doom 64 is actually kind of special. And a lot of people didn't have a Nintendo 64. And until this year, mm. there was no other way, really, to play Doom 64. And for them to remaster it, and they made it look very pretty. And they made it run very well. And they released it in a state on every system because I think I played it on Switch. Yeah, I own it in different places. I don't know. Like, it came with my copy of Doom Eternal. Look, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's a whole Doom thing. But I played through that thing in like two or three sittings. And I forgot like, I forgot a lot of Doom 64 <laughs> and how it's very puzzle heavy and much more like intricate in its puzzles than some of the later Dooms got. Like later Doom is like, look, just shoot these guys and go press that button and shoot these guys. Doom 64 kind of layers in hiding keys and using teleporters and like the good stuff about Doom for me. Man, this version was good and it was fun and it made me happy. So uh, it makes the games that didn't come out in 2020, but kind of still did list for me. That's cool. 
Doom 64 is rad. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Who's next? So I, I think I am. Uh, so I think the next game I will talk about is Genshin Impact. <laughs> One of the games I did not get to. And, and you probably will never get to. And that's OK, I think. Um, so Genshin Impact came out and it's free to play and it's actually it, it's surprising. I think it's one of the sleeper hits of this year. Um, I really enjoyed what I played with it, but boy, oh boy, I can play a lot more and people have also played a lot more. Um, people try to like compare it to Breath of the Wild, but it's definitely not Breath of the Wild. Um, it has the art style and like the traversal of Breath of the Wild, but in terms of its gameplay loop, um, you switch between different characters. Um, there's a lot of grind to it. You get a lot of items and you have to upgrade your weapons, stuff like that. Um, what I, the reason I put it on my list is just because I did not realize how much fun I would have with a free to play game as much as I did with Genshin Impact. Um, I think I put it down just because I wanted to get to other games. But if this was my only game to play this year, that would have been fine because I could have just kept on the grinding the action um, to action gameplay, it's it's downright almost perfect. Like it's so good in the way they um, introduce different weapons and the bows and different characters. Um, they do have a gotcha system with it, but it I don't think it's kind of cash grabby as other types of free to play games. Um, I, the art style and the and the character designs are really really good, um, very stylized, and they keep bringing out more content every time that actually there's like this new character trailer. I was like, Oh, I, I guess I need to go back, redownload this game and, and play more of it. Um, but yeah, I, it's just such a well produced, well, like, you know, made game. That's, and I couldn't believe it was free to play that that's how much I, I really enjoyed it. So yep. Genshin impact number four for me this year. Shockingly beautiful in motion. Like, it is it looks so like beautiful. Playing an anime, like every time that I would check out, I played very little, probably a lot less than you. But my mm-hmm. my kids would be like, "Mom, is this a cartoon?" I'm like, "No, that's the thing," and it feels like it should be. It like it. Yeah. There was an ad for it during the game awards, and my husband looked at me. He's like, "That's really pretty." He's like, "It's it's an anime, but it's really, really pretty." In motion, does the game look like that? I'm like, "That is the game. It is. Yeah. There is no rendered trailer. That is like the game." And he's like, "Hmm." So, you know, and you're right about it being free. I feel like you don't normally see this type of game being free to play. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's special. And right. the never felt dirty. Like you could play without it. It's fine. You don't need it. There's no yeah. bugs in it whatsoever. <laughs> like every time I get into it, it's like, it's just so beautiful and, and, and stable and stylized. It's just. That says down- a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it keeps you going there. There is a loop there. I was like, okay, I could probably play this for hours on end, but I want to play other games um it's supposed to come out on switch we don't know yet but it, it, it should come out on switch uh, hopefully that's cross save with mobile and pc um it's also on ps4 mm-hmm. and but it's not cross save with the others so um you got a few platforms to choose from for that game am i next yeah yep. all right i'm going back to my older list i picked for number three among us Nice. Mm. Simply because I think I surprised myself how many hours I've been putting into this every single week. Every week, it's usually every Sunday, uh, me and my college friends who are now all scattered kind of across the country 
we get on Zoom and we play Among Us together for, you know, an hour or two each each week. Um, we And you're all still friends. We're all still friends. <laughs> we are all still wow. friends. Um, you know, and so it's obviously hard for us to see each other because we're all scattered. We, I don't think we've ever seen each other all as a group since we graduated, um, you know, except for on, you know, Zoom calls. And we didn't do anything regularly. We would every once in a while get together on, on voice chat. Um, but Among Us is kind of our way now, like every week or every two weeks, just get together and play this together and talk and catch up. And uh, I know that's might be not a good reason to pick this as like my number three of, 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 um, it's a fine reason. It's your list. The games. Um, yep. so I think because it came out, what, a couple years ago, but it only started getting popular this year. So that's why it's on my older list. I wouldn't care if it came out in 1983. Well, okay. favorite <laughs> games of this year that you played you know, this year. Yeah. I think it's, it's uh, just the, there's other games that are like that. Isn't there, what are, what are they called? Where it's like the secret identity game. Is that what the genre is called? Mm-hmm. It's social deduction. Um, but yeah. I feel like Social's it's so deduction. easy for, for non-gamers to play this too, because the tasks are easy. It's just more of a social game than anything. And I feel like that's, again, in 2020, in pandemic, when we can't see each other is exactly what we needed this year. I, I don't uh, like this game as much. But I am really impressed with how far it's spread, it is. considering yeah. that yes. um, nobody's like really together. My kids were playing this game before it got what I would call like viral or on my radar. They were playing this game on their phone that I was just like, okay, they got a little app game or something. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And then like, you know, a month later, our own Discord starts talking about wanting to play it. And I'm like, what the hell? Why does everybody want to play that game my kids are playing? It is so popular at my school. They play, I tweeted about this recently. They play a version of it at recess that's kind of like tag. Like they just love this concept. It's so cool. They love it. You know, and then I told them, you know, I play it and they're like, you play Among Us? Like it's Mm -hmm. the new like kind of Pokemon, Minecraft, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're so into it. Um, But, you know, it's, it's brought my friends together this year um i you mentioned this before i definitely prefer playing it with a group that i know it is quite hard to play you know with randoms but you still can like it's still possible um i did buy it again on switch uh so i see myself playing this game a lot more you know in in the months to come nice and they're adding more content too as i say it's just kind of evergreen they've got themselves a platform they can just kind of build on add on Mm -hmm. title just like fall guys they really hit something special here i think yeah no, I agree. Oh boy, um, this is the riskiest pick of my list, and oh, there's no. a part of me that wants to put it higher, and I just can't oh, quite. Oh. I can't come to grips with it because I've only played it for three hours, and those three hours have come in the last twelve hours, and that is a game called The Pathless, mm. which mm-hmm. I've fallen in love with. This game is awesome. <laughs> it's, you tagged me in this and said something you need to tell me about it. It's really, really good. You need to play it. It's on Is PC. it a Rebecca game? I, I, I hope so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's I've heard great things. Boy, it's gonna be hard to explain it. Um it's kind of like a Zelda game. Kind of. Um it's like Zelda and Journey and maybe something else <laughs> that came together. It's and that's the thing that I like about it. You know, I've I've said on on our various podcasts over the last month or so that this is a year where I didn't feel like Indies did a whole lot for me. Um, we have Fall Guys, which is amazing, and it's kind of like its own platform. And I mean, it is indie, and it's, you know, it's Devolver published. But I mean, like, Indies in the sense of, like, the Indies that I typically... Like, last year was such a huge 
year for me with indies with the Taurus and Ape Out mm-hmm. and Katana Zero. These weren't just like favorite indie games. These were favorite games of the year. Like these are, you know, these booted out major franchises and AAA releases out of my own list because I love those games that much. This game is on that path for me. Um, speaking of the pathless and, and I'm like, I'm already there with it and I'm only three or four hours into it and I'm, I'm just falling in love with it. It's as a one, it has like a gorgeous style. Um, it's kind of like, I was going to say maybe like last guardian journey, Zelda kind of like that. Um, you, you get dropped on this, um, you, you basically, you get dropped in this little land, right. And you go through like this little tower, you get an eagle, and you get to pet the eagle and you have to clean the eagle and the eagle helps you do puzzles. And they're very Zelda puzzles, lighting torches in a row, um, switch based puzzles, block based puzzles. Um, there is a light combat mechanic with like an arrow that you have, but it's not really about combat at all. It's about traversal. And the thing that makes this game special is there is no map. There's no mini map. There's no nothing. You just go out and get lost into it. What you have to guide you. It's basically like this X-ray vision that you can turn on, and uh, think like in, like uh, things that are of interest to you glow red across like this blue landscape, and that's it. Oh. And you go out into this wild, and you try to find it, and um, it's just really, really good. Uh, it has this traversal mechanic. That's the part that reminds me of Journey a lot, or um, maybe even like a Sunset Overdrive kind of, where you run and it depletes your stamina meter, and there are these like icons everywhere on the map and if you shoot those icons with your arrow then it gives you a boost and it refills your meter and you start chaining together these run slide jump glide arrow attacks and you just start to surf through the world and as you're going you'll see like raccoons and deer and bears are running around and there there's always like this big temple monster like that's out that you're out to kind of free and the whole point is you're returning light to this world and you do these puzzles to earn these, um, these, these totem icons that you plug in and you restore the light and then you open up a boss battle. But the boss battle isn't like a boss battle. You're not fighting it as much as you, you have to like kind of chase them and you have to wheel this. It's like, it's really the traversal is the combat mechanic. You're just kind of having to do this traversal and chain the stuff together to then be able to get your shot in on the boss. It's just really pretty and it's, secluded and solitary mm-hmm. and isolated and quiet in a way. And um, I mean, for whatever reason, I'm just, I'm all into it. I can't stop playing it. It's exclusive to PlayStation on console. You can play it on PC. Mm-hmm. I would expect it to come to switch. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot here in terms of, you know, pixels or things on screen that I don't think could make it to switch. I think it could port to switch. Um, a lot of people that I've been sharing things online and on Twitter about, you know, they're like, it's expensive. It's $40 indie game. And I think you can beat it in six or seven hours, something like that. So, you know, but I'm loving it. And like, if I omitted fall guys, because it's just a whole separate experience, like probably my favorite indie of the year. And I just started playing it and I'm already there. I'm already there with this game. I did like the first, the first area that you get after you get off the the beginning stage and like just the whole cutscene and the sky and the God rays and everything. And I was like, I love this game. Mm. I can't stop playing it. That says a lot. And I had never heard of this before you mentioned it just now. So I'm really, uh, I want to check it out. I hope you do. 
This yeah. is an, an Annapurna published joint, and yeah. they have published some of my favorite indies in the last three to five years. Like they, I, I had seen this game because I follow them on Twitter, um, and they'd shown clips, and they'd shown, and I was like, I need to have this. And I bought a physical copy on console on PS5 because it's like that's a publisher who seems to cherry pick the stuff that yeah. I know makes me happy. So, like Florence was one of those mm-hmm. games, just and it was only three hours, and it doesn't matter. So I'm just like, I don't care what you want for this. Like I feel you guys make the kinds of choices about what to publish that speak to me. So I'm gonna buy it. So it's on my list. It's like up there to play in the next couple of weeks because it's it looks special. I, I would agree. And like I said, it's like when you start doing those puzzles, it's very Zelda. And then when you f- free like these giant beasts and like, you know, like you, you set forth like the deer of light and stuff, like it feels very Zelda. And the exploration is you just go get lost and you start roaming and around this world and trying to figure out how do I get up there and, and get up there and start doing all that. It feels very Zelda. It's like in a lot of ways, it borrows a lot from that, but it's it's its own game, too. Like I said, that that traversal slash combat mechanic is different it's unique and uh what they've done together by putting it all together in one package i really like a lot excellent nice it's awesome all right now we can talk about doom eternal yes because <laughs> <laughs> i want to i'm looking at this list and i'm like i loved a lot of things this year but i had a blast with doom eternal this year and apparently panic button has once again done voodoo magic yeah, and yeah. <laughs> switch so rebecca i hope you get a chance to play oh, i don't know if it would be my type of game That's but i'm terrible. happy that you're happy <laughs> i uh i really had a blast with this thing um it was like i said i went through my doom adventure and then when this released i played doom 64 and then a couple days later i landed in doom eternal and my my 10 year old would come downstairs i realize this makes me parent of the year i don't care it's it's hell demons do you know what i mean like <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a justifiable reason for the violence in this situation so i would let him play and he's like mom i am stressed this is a lot he's like it's fast and there's so much going on he's like yeah rad <laughs> i uh i will say and i've said it before on a number of podcasts doom 2016 i like better but it's not by some great and gigantic margin. And I think what they did with Eternal to do more and make it more metal and more doom, they did well. Like it's it's bananas. And they had this thing running pretty crisp and clean on my Xbox One X when it came out. And it runs mm-hmm. great on PC. Maybe not. Oh. Some people have had trouble on the Game Pass version, but the mm-hmm. other versions are butter. That's special, man. There's something really almost goofy and over the top and like oh doom guy's a good character who never speaks actual words like it's just this made 1994 me super happy like look you know i fell in love with shooters because of doom on my pc i'm really in love with shooters now <laughs> like it's it was perfect it was the 90s fps metal shooter game that i wanted in 2020 and i had a blast with it so not being a doom purist this is my favorite doom game and i mm-hmm. think it's better than 2016's that's and, fair you know a bunch of ways that i don't think i think doom traditional doom fans want and i think that's the thing that i've heard most about this game is they don't want platforming and jumping and things like that and somebody who really doesn't care <laughs> like if they scratch outside the lines i love it it's probably yeah. the most impressive shooter i think i've ever played um mm-hmm. my jaw was almost on the floor i think the entire time i played this game it's hard to compare it to another game correct there aren't yeah. other shooters like this 
They, because they don't do this anymore. They don't exist. It's so fast. It's so chaotic. There's so much going on. It's so stressful. It's so much fun. It's so high. The verticality goes so high and so wide. And you're like jumping and swinging off rails and shooting in midair and shooting under you and shooting beside you. And dude flies out from over top of you and you've got to switch weapons and switch ammo. And you have to do it. You can't cheese it. You have to. You got to yeah. do it. You got to learn it or you will not get through. It is mm-hmm. the epitome of rip and tear. I mean, it, it is, is doom. so doom. It is. That's the only yeah. definition. It is so yeah. doom. And um, I, God, I love this game. I'm going to buy it again on Switch. I, uh, I actually want to buy it on Switch. I own 2016 Doom on Switch as well. I, yeah, like I same. said, I, this is a franchise for me that I'm just like, put it somewhere. I actually wanted a physical copy of this on Switch and I'm bummed that there isn't one. Um, and same. I released one. I would totally still do it because I'm that person that, the thing about this game is like it's the I finished a combat encounter and I just need to put this controller down for a hot mm-hmm. minute because I'm sweating and I need I need to they were not afraid to make this game hard as hell. Yeah. They it's tough. play games. This is not this is not Call of Duty's campaign section right. taking you on sort of a rails ride. This is like get good yeah. and or get out. It's <laughs> by like Yeah, it's not afraid to throw you in an arena with like eight people and a turret on top and it's like the the level design in this game is so expert because it doesn't give you like a closet or a corner or something to hide in. You have to move. You have to. And uh, yeah, and I remember as I was playing it, it was like, I tried. You can't. They will outflank you. Like you can't. You have to run. You have to just get on the move. There's this one level that I remember you're playing in an office building, I think across yep. two different floors and yep. bring like the scorpion on the bottom floor. So I was like, I'm going to go up top search. And then it one came out from behind me. And it's like, it's just a constant jump from the bottom to the top and keep going up and down. And after you clear a level and you get like a reprieve, you just put the controller down. And you're just like, I just, <sighs> I just, my blood pressure. Like I was like, I should have gotten, I should have worn my, my smartwatch and seen if it was like, Hey, are you exercising right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm That's so funny. That's how it feels. <laughs> It, it felt like I would put it down. My son would look at me and he'd be like, are you cool? And he's like, like your face is red. I'm like, dude, this is a lot. Like, I need a minute. And if you died at the end, like it, oh, close to the end, yeah. it was one of those. You were like, God. Because you had to do the whole encounter again. Like, yep. It, right. It's doom. And if you die in doom and you didn't save, uh-oh. Like, it's – and I know that pisses some people off in 2020, but I'm just like here. Like, you did doom again. Yeah. And you did well again. And 2016 doom was the game everybody wrote off because – 20 doom 3 wasn't great and yeah. oh are they really gonna make a doom a game again in 2016 and then it was amazing and then they did it again in 2020 they're like hey how about more doom and we're all like more doom i, I can't <laughs> wait to see what they do with with better hardware because like what they mm-hmm. did on on xbox one was really impressive the way that game runs on pc especially yeah. if you have a g-sync monitor is it's incredible um and i'm terrible keyboard and mouse player but i was like nah i needed to see it run it's amazing. They make mm-hmm. magic happen. And I don't know. This this is it's this one jockeys. It's not my favorite Doom, but it's one of my favorite games of 2020. Easily. Number th- number 3 on my list. Nice. Ooh. Guys, this was my first Doom experience. What? Wow, you came in hot, dude. <laughs> I came in hot. Yeah, I wanted you guys to just talk it out cuz you guys beat the game. I'm like 4 or 5 hours in on the Game Pass PC side, and I agree with everything you guys are saying. This is a shooter I did not expect. It is super fast, and um, I love the music behind it because it oh, gets yeah. your blood racing. And I'm like, I'm not used to. I'm I'm really not a, a metal person at all, but it totally you don't say fits. Gets. 
You don't say. You don't say at all. Right? Come on, dude. But in the game, man, it's it's so fitting. And like, I love just... It, it's so self-aware it's totally gross and it's totally just awesome all oh, the best and, you rip them apart just, oh when i saw that i was like oh my gosh <laughs> that just <laughs> happened like what, what those crunch sounds you just punch <laughs> it's super gross uh, the best. Yeah. it's the best. you just write that stuff off after a couple hours you're like yeah yeah whatever get out of my way i have someone to kill behind you yeah i'm still trying to get the new skills and more unlocks in this game but every time i do it it's like i got a new kind of flow in each type of battle encounter i just love how just like crazy cool the the character is your character is like in the beginning i was like man i'm getting goosebumps okay i'm ready to go i'm ready to tear some aliens down um but yeah good choice guys it's just Super good. I hope you loop back to Doom 2016 because I feel like it's it's a different game and it's maybe a little slower because it's not as vertical and there isn't as much traversal. But there are some legitimately laugh out loud funny like little quips in that game. Like the computer, computer will tell you there's a demonic invasion in progress and you need to reduce the invasion to uh, within safe limits. I'm like, there is no safe limit of demonic. (laughs) What are you doing, baby? Like, it's very good and it's very self-aware. So I think you would enjoy it. Nice. Yeah. I'll definitely get there. Uh, The next game I just want to mention, a game I played this year, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, that game's so good. Uh, That game is super good. I just want- You liked that a lot, I remembered. Oh yeah, early this year. um, And I played the DLC as well, Donkey Kong. I wish that was its own game, but it's not. Um, Yeah, this is just a really good, solid tactical RPG that no one- thought it could be possible with the rabbits i'm really glad the studio from ubisoft made it um it blended in the mario mechanics really well um and it, it felt unique it's its own XCOM introduction like and it's on the switch and i think it's a good introduction to people that are not used to these type of games the, it can be very forgiving but it can also be very challenging as well uh, it can be in tight spots um I, I don't know what else to say about this game. It's just a very, very solid One of Switch's game. best. Yeah. Yep. I don't yeah. even like that genre, I don't think. I've tried a couple and I don't like the genre, but I played that game until the very end. Yeah. And uh, it might be because it's a simplistic version of XCOM and Gears Tactics and all those other games. But um, either way, I really, really got lost in that game when it originally came out. Right. It it feels simple. I think it's just welcoming, but it can also be very challenging. I think as it's well. onboarding in a way that I don't mm-hmm. think like I played XCOM two off of your guys' recommendations and I don't feel like I was brought into that. There was a lot of times I felt like I didn't know what to do. I never mm-hmm. felt like that in Mario Rabbits, even though it does get difficult. Uh I think it's just like the onboarding and how they bring you into it and also how they mix up you know, combat from the puzzles, mm-hmm. from the overworld, from the secret areas and stuff like that. Um, it's just a different thing. It's the same thing, but it's not. Right, right. And uh, yeah, there's tons of little secret puzzles in there. And then all the t- different types of enemies in each kind of area as well. And they all do like different types of uh, things and like Luigi's different movements. The bosses mm-hmm. were, were pretty good That's as true. well. And then the Donkey Kong DLC I'm sorry, but that's that was a step up to me. I was it's like, fun. I'm I'm really glad they did that. Um, I I hope that they bring out a Mario Plus Rabbids uh, sequel next year. I'm I'm praying for it. Um, I but feel yeah. like they will. Something tells me they will. Yeah, I do too. It's sold well. I don't see why they wouldn't sell well, and I don't. 
I don't. I think Ubisoft would be on board to do more. Like mm-hmm. I, I cannot see why they wouldn't want to explore something more, a little more fun. Pose like a Donkey Kong. Eh. Yeah, it's like if it was all Donkey Kong, I'd be down that for would, it too. Oh man, that would be perfect. I, I I would totally play that. But yeah, that is number four on the games that I played this year that released another year. For me, going back to my 2020 games, I'm at number three. I picked, and I'm going to be honest, I switched my number two and number three shortly before the show. Uh-oh, she's feeling nervous. <laughs> oh, no. But I'm, I'm sticking with this. My number three is Age of Calamity. Mm. I'm going to put it at number two, but I switched it. You'll see what my number two is now. Um, I don't have much more to say about this than I already talked about, you know, a couple days ago on Shaq, but... It's hard not to rank a Zelda game high for me, but to me, this it's only half Zelda. It's also half Dynasty Warriors, which you guys know is not my preferred genre at all. That being said, it gave me the story and character elements that I wanted in Breath of the Wild, which is why I'm ranking it so high, because I love that world. I love those characters. I love Zelda. Um, and so it gave me what I needed there uh, for that, and I really did enjoy my time with it. Um, and again, it's one of those games where I'm, I'm still thinking about who those characters are and like kind of what that world means. Um, so it kind of gave me that Breath of the Wild fix until we're waiting for Breath of the Wild 2, yep. which is why it's my number mm-hmm. three this year. Nice. I only have three games left in my top 10 and number five is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Me. Nice. I that was going to be my next one. So let's talk it out. This nice. game is- <laughs> um, I felt like an initial reaction to bring up some issues that I had with it um, because so much of this game's um, I guess commentary online and social seems to be like just overwhelming praise and there were issues that I had with it um, but it didn't overshadow just how much fun I had with the game how much I really liked Miles as a character and not just Miles really it's just Miles' neighborhood um, the, the deaf character in the game is one of my favorite characters I've come across I think in this entire year Really awesome character. Um, could have used more of that. And I think in a lot of ways, I feel that way about Miles Morales. I could have used more neighborhood building, more character building, and less of his uncle, less of the Prowler, and less of uh, um, his friend from school who's the other person. And in a lot of ways, I feel like the main story kind of let me down until the end. I think it's one of the best endings I think I've seen in a video game, to be quite honest with you. It it hits in so many ways where I feel like a lot of video games typically either let you down or or you just kind of know exactly what they are. But I almost got choked up kind of at the ending of this game. It's it's so positive and hopeful in 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 a way that very few games are. And, and it felt even like above so like, you know, more than like a, like an inspirational movie or like an inspirational mm-hmm. Marvel ending or anything like that. It really kind of lands, uh, nails the landing. And uh, I think that that really kind of changed my opinion on the game overall. Um, some critiques that I had of it, um, I really wish they would have changed up some of their mission structures. There was only so many times I could chase that car and then yeah. do the rollover and kind of swing through the door. It's like, I've done this a lot. And in a lot of ways, the game feels a lot like Spider-Man, right? It's yes, like a I lot of, yeah, it has a lot. Yeah. It feels a lot of the same. Um, but the character stuff, like when you're not Spider-Man, they takes the game so much further I would have liked more of that, actually. They've used more Spider-Cat and more helping out shop owners mm-hmm. and more helping out mom and his friend. And that that little connected universe that they set up right there, I could have used a lot more of that um, versus all of the 
superhero stuff. Um, but I understand that's why I had to be there. So I'm happy that I got through it. And uh, at the end, I was really happy that I did because there was a was part, of the part in the middle of the game there. I was just like, oh, God, I don't care. I know who she is. I know who he is. Like, let's just get on with it. Um, but then I, when we get to the ending, I was like, that was worth it. It was really, really good. I had the same, a very similar arc with Spider-Man. I haven't finished Miles Morales yet, but I will say I like Miles better than Peter. I've always liked Miles better than mm-hmm. Peter as a character, both comics, movies. I just like him better. I find him more warm and more nuanced. He's definitely more warm. And interesting. And he has, like, I, I get that Peter's backstory, but I like Miles' family structure and story mm-hmm. better. And it's more interesting to me. So that's why I wanted more Miles. I agree with you. Like, I want more of who he is and not just dude in spider suit. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I had the same arc with the original Spider-Man where there was a point in the middle where I was like, do I really want to keep doing this? And yeah. then when I finished, the ending hit the right way for me. And I'm excited that this one kind of, it's shorter too. So I, I'm more willing to push mm-hmm. through the middle. Um, I really love it. I He feels different than Peter. Like, when you played the original Spider-Man and swinging around, Miles feels demonstrably different and that's cool because you didn't i didn't expect it i thought oh they'll just use the same animations they'll just recycle it it's rad when they are like no he's his own person so we're going to animate him as such and i just i don't know it feels good and he's fun and kind of nerdy but kind of cool and like ah miles is such a great character this one's up there for me too thanks i can't wait to play it i'll I'll eventually get to it it. it's real good i i don't get any spoilers but towards the end there's like um there's a big conflict that's happening mm. kind of in the streets. If I can dance around it a bit, really love that part. It's like right when I got to there, it picked up for me all the way to the end. I was like, I'm loving this. I want more of this. Let's do more of this. Why couldn't more of the game have been this? Um, right. But there was a spell getting there where I was just like, God, this is a lot of the same. I was, you know, and uh, a lot of I, I kind of wish that they would have done said just some variety, some different mission structures, mm-hmm. even if they took you out of the suit more like yeah. uh, one of the missions. I don't think this is overly spoiler. One of the missions you go and you like fix the plumbing for the, like the local shelter nearby. I love that mission because it had so much story and meaning behind mm. it. And you kind of bounce between uh, miles, the person and miles, the superhero. I would have loved 10 more of those and 10 less car chases and 10 less, you know, fights on rooftops um, yeah. because those all feel the same. And kind of unimportant, where that one had weight and had meaning, and it really sells the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But more so than just that, Miles' aspect of a Spider-Man, because Spider-Man is still in this universe. He's the big superhero chaser saving the city. Miles is just kind of working on his local neighborhood. And that felt grounded in a way that a lot of the other missions didn't. I would have loved more of that. I thought that was kind of the best part of the game for me. I'm I'm see I'm excited to play more of it too though like I'm a, probably about halfway through I don't know it's hard to say when you're in an open world with all the missions that you can mm-hmm. just you, you get to decide how much of it you really want to ingest at that point and I'm just like I'm reaching the point where I'm like I'm done with this I want to just advance the story which is sure. for me you halfway point with my experience <laughs> in these games so I just like I said I I really like him and I'm really just like I I will finish this and I hope we get more of Miles from this studio. I hope I want a Spider-Verse game. A game totally gets that, a whole bunch oh, just best. for the Spider-Verse animations. And the music and the moment where you can dive off the it's good. I want a cel-shaded Spider-Verse yeah. entire game, cartoony as hell, just all comic yeah, book. That would be the best. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, my next one since we've talked about Miles, I want to talk about Resident Evil 3. The Ooh. remake. Of Evil 3. The remake of Resident Evil 
this is another franchise. Doom is a franchise that is a bookmark franchise for me, right? Resident Evil is another one. Um, and I really love Jill Valentine. <laughs> I have very warm special feelings for her particular brand of I'm not putting up with your nonsense. Love it. I love her. She's great. I, re- I realized that this one was divisive because it's kind of short and full priced. And some people were like, I don't know. And I'm just like, look, I really liked how quick this game moved. It wasn't playing games. It it didn't waste your time. And it Resident evil you sufficiently. And I had a lot of moments where the stupid nemesis showed up and there was screaming and the controller went flying behind me. And I'm not, I'm really glad I played that game alone in the basement because I was like, oh, controller went straight behind me. And I was like, well, I guess I should get up while I'm dying. So um, I like what they did with Jill. I like how they remodeled her character. I like her new outfit because who is going through a zombie apocalypse in a mini skirt and a tube top? Rebecca just- <laughs> Dylan, I'm, I'm playing Resident Evil 4 for the first time. Girl. Well, she sounds way better than Ashley. I Ashley, knew this was Ashley, coming. Oh, I- the oh best. my God. And you're right. The little mini skirts. I had a moment. <laughs> I, I replayed Resident Evil Go 4. Go Capcom. <laughs> I had, a, I had a moment where I replayed Resident Evil 4 like a year or two ago, and I was like, no, nah, I should just let her die. Like, if she screwed <laughs> up, I wanted to. Oh, my God. She couldn't carry her own weight at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. She didn't even try. It's between her and Ada Wong just showing up with a slit up to her hip in that dress. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? There are zombies everywhere. Looking fire is what she's doing yeah, on she's point. Looking the best. Leon! <laughs> but... Like, to go from the worst of, yeah. So you would love Jill and you would love Claire from Resident Evil. Those are girls because they sound better. Claire can hold her own. Claire is is most people's favorite female character. Jill's got, they wrote her one of my favorite lines. It's so stupid. I'm going to spoil this if people haven't played it because it's so stupid that I feel like. 25 year old game. Well, (laughs) they wrote it into this version. Oh, okay. This crashes through, starts chasing her. She like the bridge breaks and he falls into the water and she delivers the line. And I'm apologizing for the language. Bitch can't even swim and then walks away. And I was like, Miss Valentine, that's my favorite line of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> 15 different times for no reason in my house and giggled like a child. Uh, I like what they did with her character in this. Like she's, she's, still the same jill but they gave her a little bit more edge and they put her in some actual functional pants uh that aren't a mini skirt sweetie it's an, they don't understand like that downgrade we have valid criticisms about this it's not i'm just teasing Look, gentlemen i don't think you, understand you don't understand how easy it is to troll you on this i know i don't think you understand how difficult it is i don't think most men understand how difficult it is to stay upright in those kinds of heels and a mini skirt I think you just need to try harder. That's, I mean, oh, obviously. It's just a balancing act, right? Oh, okay, okay. Okay. We're both you guys a 15-second head start, and I'm still going to catch you in the field, <laughs> and then I'm going to whoop your ass. So, <laughs> I care about where you want to go here with oh, me. Man. Oh, Good stuff. <laughs> you into a pool. Can't um, even swim. <laughs> Resident Evil 3. It's my favorite Resident Evil of all time. That's an interesting and very spicy take because it is most people's. <laughs> I've been on that take. I've had that on the record for five years from almost our very first PSVG episode. I love Nemesis and I'm really, really happy to hear that you got scared from this game because my memory of it is that it was a scary game and I don't feel like the remake is nearly as scary as the original. 
That's fair. And I feel like a lot of us are maybe more jaded now than we were back in the PS1 <laughs> era of video games. And we're like waiting for it. Do you know what I mean? There's a um, lot of omissions from the original that aren't yeah. here. And a lot you. of them are um, kind of the set pieces where Nemesis jumps in and scares you, um, like him busting through windows and coming through walls. A lot mm-hmm. of this, I think it's somewhat foreshadowed. You don't really get him just really out of nowhere. Um and I think the freedom to run in an open area lessens it in a yes. lot of ways. You're not tucked in so many tight spaces. He's not nearly as menacing as he is as menacing as he was before. Sure. Yeah. I think that part of the problem too is that Mr. X in 2 remake was done better. Like it was it, it was like kind of broken and it was very like scripted and he was warped into certain places but it was scarier. Um largely cuz 2 was much more smushed and tight i just this one was like i didn't like resident evil 3 uh having replayed them back i just didn't like it i was like oh it's short it's i'm revisiting areas i've already visited i'm not interested i don't want to be chased through an entire game you know and somehow this remake did the right things and the right tweaks to make me enjoy an experience that i previously did not want to play again so i had higher hopes for the remake but my number one issue that i have with the game is my my long lasting love for resident evil 3 is that it added so much of the destruction of raccoon city and like your impending doom and there was all this lore and backstory of umbrella and everything in resident evil 3 that i feel is largely just glanced over in the remake and it doesn't feel like it centers on that as much and it's shame because it's beautiful and re engine is, is incredible and they did a really great job kind of bringing resident evil 3 to life um, but I feel like a lot of that stuff, or at least my memories of a lot of that stuff didn't, didn't make it into the final cut. And I was just like, well, I remember, you know, these different parts, these different sections, these different alleyways and things like that, that just aren't there. And then just like the whole destruction and, 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 um, like I said, you're impending doom and like racing against the clock and all that. Like in, in a lot of ways, it's like a, an epilogue to Resident yeah. Evil 2. Well, sort of. So sort of. Canonically, it happens before at, too. Right, right. Um, you know, in- weird it's like uh, that's why i've always ha- struggled with this game it's like i know what happens and i always have a trouble with games that telling a story i thought, before. I, I thought canon they were happening at the same time very close they're within a couple of days of each other okay. and i believe that the, the bit is that she her experience with nemesis is happening like right before like within one or two days i forget what the actual timing is but technically most of what happens in three happens before two i was Um, i was kind of hoping that with the remake that they have added a lot more to that it's kind of where i was hoping i wanted to see more cutscenes and more about you know like tying this universe together and talking about the city and and umbrella and everything and i didn't get a a lot of that it was a shorter experience the open world part not having the set piece nemesis not being out of the decision yeah that's the biggest thing is like uh have you guys played resident evil 3 I oh, have okay. not okay. get into Resident Evil. In the original, in um, kind of like our decision games like we have, like Telltale and stuff like that, you had the ability to choose whether or not to fight or run. Yes. And it was like a fight or flee type of thing. So a lot of times they would just bust Nemesis into a scene out of nowhere. And there were these jump scares. And then you would, like, based on your equipment and things you had at the time, it's like, do you want to stand up to him? Do you want to try or do you want to go? And I remember like hiding and being terrified like in, you know, like in the office and like trying to duck under like the desk and stuff as he was walking around. You just don't really get in the remake. You have the same option though. They hid. So in in the original version of three, they gave you this fight or flight option. It was literally like you had a timer and a screen came 
you chose one. And the run option would set your character off that setting and he would just remove you from the battle. In the remake, your option is still there. If you fought him in the original and downed him, you got a part for your gun. Yeah. That would make your gun better. The exact same thing happens here. So in every encounter where he is scripted to show up, you can choose to stand and fight him. And if you down him, you do get a and gun And I always part. did. Yeah. yeah, of course I'm going to shoot him with a grenade. He's creepy and I don't like his I face. didn't feel he's nearly as threatening. I'm, and maybe I've just gotten better or you know maybe I've matured. But in the original game, I died a lot. I didn't die. I don't think I died the at all. Was, the dodge mechanic was super broken and that game did not want you to beat him. <laughs> that game was broke. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. This one was easier. I think largely because the mechanics were good. Yeah. But I just you know, like this one. I like this franchise and three is not one of my favorite games. So for it to bring me back and say, no, but I'm actually, am interested in what happened to Jill in this period now, because they made a game that I want to play and RE engine makes some pretty games. Does. It really does. So it was up there for me. Nice. Uh, this next game, I, I'm going to go back to actually the games that I played this year that released from another year real quick. Um, Astral chain. Oh, I finished that yes. game this year. Um, I think this was a really cool, unique uh, type of game from Platinum. Um, I'm glad they delivered it onto the Switch. Um, and, and performance-wise now, it seems to be totally cool. Um, what I like about this game is just it, it sets apart from a lot of action RPGs. Um, it has a novelty of, you know, having this kind of, um, I don't know what you call it. I, I forgot. It's like your your pet or your warrior or whatever. Your legion. That's it, Legion. Mm-hmm. I was I was trying to think of the name. I love the this name. game. Um, it's really good. Um, I love how you can do so many types of combos with the chain um, next to it, and then there's so many types of skills and abilities that is at your fingertips with with the controller, and they they just well integrated really like really well into the game. I love the I love the plot twists and the story behind it as well, and the characters behind it. Um, the art style is it, the cell shading and everything looked really good as well. Um, I have no complaints of this game, and that's why I put it so high on my list because it's just such a solid, unique action RPG from Platinum Games. Um, so I think yeah, this one went under the radar for a lot yeah. of people. I think a lot of people who would be interested in this type of game didn't play it. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that it did. Right. I tried um, my best to 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 ring its praises as loud as I could. I have strong feelings about Platinum Games. They make well, okay. The games that Platinum has made that are great. There are a couple of real trashy, yeah. like There's some hit or misses in there. <laughs> Speaking of this year, Wonderful One Hundred One came out. Remember that? Oh, that's but, a game. I tried to tell you, and, it wasn't very good. <laughs> when uh, when Platinum makes games with combat that platinum that that's Platinum combat, no mm-hmm. matter what else they bring along for the ride, they're fun every time. This one actually is one that I need to play and i own it mm-hmm. because of reasons but i don't have i haven't had time yet i think it's one but of yeah. switch's best exclusive games i agree with that if i had yeah. to make a top 10 switch game list it'd probably be on it and uh, i would That's- love to see a sequel mm-hmm. i do think like if you're trying to capture a screenshot from a switch to prove like how pretty games can be on it i think astral chain is a legit yep. contender to take that screenshot in mm-hmm. there are yeah. some set pieces in astral chain um, where the neon lights and the environment and everything come together with the characters that are really, really pretty, and the visuals mm-hmm. far outpunch like what the Switch is technically capable of. They they made some aesthetic choices that that served in their favor. Like yeah. giving that neon like future glow to anything on Switch helps it a, a mm-hmm. lot. So I it was a good call. 
the combat's super fun. Yeah. And once you like freaking beat a monster and like, it's like, you know, you have them and it's just that one next button problem. Like I got them. It's like, ah, so satisfying. So, yep. Astral Chain. Good pick. Awesome. I'm really excited to talk about this next one. It's number two for my games that are older. And this one's much older that I played for the first time this year. Pong. I did. It's not Pong. It's not that old. (laughs) Rogue. (laughs) This is a game that I've wanted to play for a really long time, but just for whatever reason, haven't played it. Finally decided to. And it's Earthbound. And I played Undertale a few years ago when it came out. And Undertale is one of my favorite games of all time and everyone told me you know you got to play earthbound because that's you know where why undertale exists you know this i knew going into this game that it was going to check off all the boxes for me because it's quite obviously my type of game i almost was worried that i was going into it with way too high like expectations but not at all. This is one of my favorite games of all time as well. Um, I played it alongside uh, with somebody who was playing it at the same time as me. So we were able to talk about it and like just kind of share this world. And again, it's I know I sound like a broken record here, but the world, the characters, the story, it's all sorts of bizarre. I've never played, and Undertale has that too. Earthbound has so many bizarre things in it from the music to like the way the char- some of the characters talk to just little quirky things in the battles. Um, there's references to other things. It's totally making fun of, you know, life in America. You know, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's a healthy amount of fourth ball breaking. Um, this game's really special to me. Uh, I'm really glad that I finally played it. I need to play Earthbound Beginnings. I need to play Mother 3. Um, but I, I, I don't know. This was just exactly my type of game and... It's not for everybody. I absolutely understand that it's not for everybody. Um, Elaine, you sound really excited. (laughs) It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I painted it when it originally released. So uh, I have a canvas painted on my wall. Like this is this game is real special and like not a lot of people played it when it first released. I feel like it got popular way later. It's uh, this is a weird one because actually, when it released in the United States, it released in a giant box that came with the strategy guide. There was no other way to oh, buy nice. it except with the guide and the game because it's so obtuse and actually, as far as RPGs go back then, hard. Like mm-hmm. it, it's challenging and it's weird. Yeah, so weird. and there were scratching papers so in the box with it. It's just weirdest. I love this game so much, and I'm so glad that you played it because have you I've played Undertale? I've played Undertale. Okay. I love Undertale, but I played Undertale because it was sold to me with the, uh, oh, hey, Elaine, this person like Toby Fox loved Earthbound. I was like, well, now I'm playing your video game. I feel like that's, I don't know if that's how most people did it. I I feel like I did it in almost the wrong order, but I'm happy that I did because I, and don't kill me for this, I still like Undertale more. I think that um, Toby Fox took all of the best parts of Earthbound and did what I wish that Earthbound did, but couldn't at the time. Exactly. Um, both games are really special to me. Um, I'm glad that I, I got to um, share this experience along with, you know, the person who I was playing it with. It, it, it's just everything. The music is so good. Like, I still get the song stuck in my head. Um, really strong contender for number one, but it's number two for for games that didn't come out this year for me. 
I genuinely hope you you don't necessarily need to play Earthbound Beginnings, but Mother Three is worth digging up a fan translation for. I know, and I, I'm going to. Special, yeah, I um, I, I will. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm when the time's right. I will. I'm just so glad you played this. It makes me feel so fuzzy. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's up there. Like when people are like, "What's your favorite game?" I will often answer Witcher, but it's mm-hmm. it it jockeys back and forth yeah. between these two games. It's one of mm-hmm. my favorites of all time. So happy. Me too. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, number two on my mm. list. Yeah, buddy. Nice. <laughs> November tenth, um, Ubisoft Montreal. I've only scratched the surface of this game. Really, played about thirty hours. Had an absolute ball. Had an absolute blast. Played it nonstop for uh, two, two and a half, three weeks, and then I started mm-hmm. playing some other games. And here I am in the Christmas break, ready to jump back into to Valhalla and take up another Viking epic. It's just, it's. I mean, we talked about it a lot, especially in Empire. Um, it's just really, really good. And in mm-hmm. all the ways mm-hmm. that some high profile games are, are not right now. Um, visually, it's stellar. Um, design in terms of missions and content, equally stellar. Um, characters and, and like this world that you want to feel lost into, equally. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many good reasons to recommend and play this game. And a lot of times with games that come out annually, you know, it's easy to kind of write them off or kind of see them the same as opposed to a different game that took so long to come out. You know, you get one every seven or eight years. You kind of want to give it its special due. But there's something special going on at Ubisoft that they can crank out such high quality games so often, one right after the other. Mm-hmm. They deserve praise for that craftsmanship, not ridicule. Because when so many other developers can't meet the bell, here you have Ubisoft not just meeting the bell, but raising the standard. Um, what they've done with Viking or with Valhalla outclasses what like my own expectations for it i thought i was getting another assassin's creed game nope. and and we did but we didn't like it like i said on, on empire it's it's more like a skyrim than than an assassin's creed um and that's impressive it's really impressive so i'm having a blast still with it and even only 30 hours in it's already climbed way up that list i mean it's just really good i think it's my favorite game this year and i have not finished it but i oh, think wow. it is my favorite game this year but I, I think some of it has to do with me and hitting the right notes with characters for me. <clears throat> like, it's not broken in any terrible ways. It's beautiful. It plays the way I want it's it to. It's hard to throw stones at. It's, it is hard like, to... you got to really go and search for them. And it the way they wrote... Like, I really like the way this team writes female leads to me. And I've said this multiple times, and I'll say it one more. To, to toe the line between kind of being a tough meathead and very endearing is challenging. And they did a great job with Cassandra... And I was like, ah, oh, they're not going to have another like endure, like adorable, like sweet meathead. <laughs> and they do. They totally do. Except now <laughs> she's a Viking and she's got sick tattoos. Uh, she's, she's just great. And I really like her um, and the writing with her and, and the surrounding characters. This is probably my favorite game that I played this year. I love it. I barely scratched the surface of this. Of this. It's like I'm like eight hours in ish um and i haven't had this much fun in an assassin's Creed game in a long time probably black flag i've i've played or in being most assassin's Creed games and this one is special i i I definitely agree with you guys so can't wait to get into more of it um they totally refined whatever they done for the previous two games i actually beat origins this year and it's dlc's and what I got from that is like, okay, they're kind of, they, they refresh their systems with that. But each time that they do that and then they reiterate on top of it, they just get 
better and better. And I'm glad to see this game being in the Viking setting in England because that's one of my more kind of favorite kind of settings. I like the northern type of feel to it, Scandinavian. So um, I, I can't wait to dive in like tens of hours. They have really good it. side quests. Um, yeah. yeah, that too. Very like unique. You can kind of get lost in these little, even not even side quests, almost like trading sequences or like entire sequences of side quests that yeah. like kind of roll into each other. There's this one with a berserker and a bear that you do that's just really full of like fun and heart and dumbness and, and but also touching and, and like it kind of goes through all of it and this is a little side story that really has nothing to do with like the main story until you get back mm-hmm. to your village and um, there's a lot of there's there's hundreds of those in that game and that's where it's yeah. like it's like man this is a whole different thing it's yep. so big um, for it to have such quality behind it at the same time it almost feels unfair mm-hmm. it's like man you got all these games that can't do this or can't do that and can't do this and here's Valhalla over here just crushing it, like, all, at all angles. They, like, refined what Odyssey did and pulled some of the fat out. And right. then they made their side quest chains more like what you would get in The Witcher 3. Like, they yeah, channeled exactly, yeah. some of that chaining of quests into a more interesting story. Like, there was a quest in The Witcher 3 where this lady was like, I'm missing my pot. And it ended up being a story about something yeah. much more interesting. This game does that. And it's a good move. And I really, really like it. So, and yeah. it has levity, too. You know, like, it can be funny. Yeah, Vikings can be funny. They're yeah. not only scary. God, yeah. they can <laughs> like, have drinking games like the the, the nice rhyming, game. like the rap stuff. That stuff's hilarious. I love the rap it's stuff. Hilarious. Too. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff in the game, and it's just it's really good. Good choice. Well, you've taken my top game with your choice, but I will talk about one that I believe did not come out this year. Crosscode. I well, first mm. of all, Crosscode came out on PC not this year, but it is on consoles now. Yeah, and it's 2019. Crosscode is kind of special in a lot of the same ways that like other indies that do interesting things with a existing genre are special. Like it's an RPG, but it's an action RPG. But then you go into these dungeons and it has puzzles that are so intricate that they make some of the Zelda dungeons look boring. Like by yeah, this Rebecca, this might be one you would really enjoy. And it is on Switch. Um, it's on PC Game Pass. And it's on PC Game Pass. There you go. <clears throat> and it's and it does have some really cool accessibility options that let you turn down the combat difficulty if it's too much or slow down the puzzle stuff so you can play. And I love I love when developers do stuff like that to let people tweak. And it's got this like layered story that is both interesting and dark. And it layers on those details as you go. And I got to a point where I was like, whoa. Well, I'm going to need a minute, like somewhere about two thirds of the way through that game. It's wild and it feels really special and unique. And it's there's no voice acting. So to write excellent characters with like these, like maybe just one off voice lines, but have great writing. That game's special. And I played the hell out of it. And my kids loved watching that one because of the puzzles. It was good. And I can highly recommend that one to almost anyone. And it's up there top five for me this year, even though it didn't come out this year. So nice. Uh, this one totally took me by surprise and I love it so much. It's my number. It was tied with tell me why I think it's my number three, I guess. Yakuza like a dragon. Oh boy. This game is all sorts of fun and it has a lot of Japanese tropes and culture into it, but it's so zany and fourth wall breaking. I love it so much. Uh, this is my first Yakuza experience oh. too. Um, oh. just, well, just because I'm not a beat em up type of person, I don't really care for those. But when they say this is a turn-based RPG, I'm like, well, you got me. 
Um, so they totally relate it and reference it back to Dragon Quest. That's why it's called Like a Dragon. Um, the main hero or the main character, he he has such full of personality. He's so confident. Um, I love it. And he's also, he goes through a lot of different things in the story. And I really enjoyed that he's, he's actually mid-age. He's in his mid-40s now um, going through and trying to figure out what happened to his gang and his clan. And then he's just mixed up in all these gang wars between these triad. It it goes in a loop with the main story. So I really like it. I'm in chapter eight right now. So I'm pretty deep into it. Um, I love the side characters as well. It's full of personality in each and every one of them. They have interactions all the time. Um, I think it's like kind of comparable, comparable to like Metal Gear Solid length type of scenes. Um, They have a bunch of just different types of conversations and and many arcs in each of these chapters the side stuff is so cool i think there are literally games within this game um there's this company management simulator you can do by uh you can manage all these different types of just like you can hire people into your company and then try to figure out how to raise your stock and you have to be shareholders i'm like this is just a whole different yeah I just bought this game and now I don't know. And I'm almost regretting it. Like, what am I, what have I got myself into? <laughs> totally optional. Yeah. It's, it's, there was a real estate sim with a yeah. chicken in Yakuza Zero and the chicken was or one. I forget which one. And the chicken was like a real estate agent. Look, look, dude. <laughs> oh, no. The chicken's in here too. The chicken is, is, the, yeah. The chicken is in the company. Cameo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Uh, there's, there's, all types of drawbacks to the previous games that I think you're going to enjoy, Elaine. Um, and then there's these, oh man, I forgot what they're called, but you can call in people into your battles and they're just the most craziest types of characters you meet in, in these side quests to like help you out. Like the chicken, the chicken comes in and then it like drops like seven eggs for you and you cook eggs in the middle of battle to like raise your HP. Um, I love the battle mechanics too because what it does is it they're just normal humans and then once you get into a battle they change into this weird humanoid thing called Sujimon, like Pokemon. Um and it's all in the guy's head, the main hero, the main character's head. So uh yeah, so much style, so many types of just side quests to do. Uh the story is is really intriguing, really interesting. Um, I, this is such a good game, guys. I can't wait to go back to the previous Yakuza games. Um, cause if it has this same type of style, I'm totally into it. Nice. Yeah. My number two for 2020 is probably cheating, <laughs> but it is a game that released this year. This is the one that I, um, flipped with Age of Calamity because... I think it's really special. No more uh, heroes. It's not no more heroes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it's Super Mario 3D All Stars. <gasps> Controversial face. <laughs> Donnie is just making that face because I ranked it above a Zelda game. 
That's, That's true. not why I'm making this face. <laughs> I have a list of my biggest disappointments of the year, and it is number <laughs> one. <laughs> wow. You have to understand why it's different for you than it is for me, because I had never played any of these games before. This was, a, and it, it's, I knew it's three games, so it's, that's why it's probably cheating, but I'm that's counting fine. it as a package deal. Sure. Um, I think if I had played all of these games when they originally released, I would be in the same boat with you that it would probably be disappointing. They didn't do Jack to these games. Not a um, damn thing. As a re- uh, anniversary celebration package. Yeah. It's super disappointing. But for me personally, playing these three classic, amazing all-star games for the very first time was special to me. Um, I get now why people really love these 3d Mario games. Um, it was a weird situation for me playing them because I had to play all three of them within the span of less than one week to review it for Twinfinite because I got the code. In less than a week, I had to have the <laughs> the review in edits so it could be published. So I had only a couple days to beat three games. It was a lot of not sleeping and platforming and cursing mm. at Super Mario Sunshine. Take flood away levels. Um, that game so much. Really love this before. I mean, I, I've obviously seen the gameplay of these games before I played them, but this was the first time that I really was able to play them for myself. Um, the magic was there, even all this time later. Um, I I don't think I would have liked it if I was in the same boat as everybody else, where it's not anything new or shiny or special. Um, that it wasn't before. Um, but playing it for the first time in the circumstance that I did, it's it has to be number two for me. There's no choice. It's a special game in the sense that we've been on this journey all year together, the three of us. And we've been talking about that game all year from the moment it was, it was rumored in the original Venture Beat post. Um, I'm not sure how long you guys have followed Jeff Grubb, but I feel like Jeff Grubb really got the train rolling for him on this year for when he published that and everybody started sharing it and all that. And then having him come on the show and us talking about it and having us talk many, many episodes of all of our hopes and dreams and expectations and how good it could be and what they could do. And then to get what it actually was and not even have what I would have considered the basics. The I get that. Basics I get of an up-res, like at the very basic, do 16 by 9, widescreen for everything, right. free camera. Like these are the basics, the basic things that you would hope for them to do, and they did none of it. And I ripped them for it in my review as well. It's why yeah. it didn't that, you know, the, the score it They had developer code left in, and they still had bugs. It's like, guys. And it's Keeping time. the originality. <laughs> Nightmare, but We have like, better ROMs of these games than this. That's true. I'm in 2020, you know, I, the magic's still there with my first experience with them. It's, you know, still incredible games. Glad to have them. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I I think it's cool to hear and heartwarming to hear that games that I have a long storied history with, especially these particular three, uh, held up for you because it's so easy for me to love a game. Earthbound 2, you've had a real year for me. Uh, (laughs) With with games like that you fall in love with, you're like, is it just my nostalgia? And it's, it's, carrying me through or are they still special to people and it's cool to hear that they are you know yeah yeah yep i'm down to my final game so i think you guys have more more games i have um so i have one from my older list and one from my 20s you still have two garrett you still have two i have one from this year and then two from okay so how about you two go Yeah. yeah you guys go ahead 
Sounds good. Uh, I will do my number two of uh, from uh, that play this year that released from other years. It is my Game Pass game of the year, I think. Um, Time Spinner. That oh. game, Fred. I'm so happy today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I played this game around, I think it was like March or April. I saw it leaving Game Pass and I was like, oh, that's a game I meant to, to like actually get into. So let me uh, play it before it leaves. And I'm just so surprised how really well made it is. It is a Metroidvania that has its own style and it plays super well. And, and the story is kind of unique. Um, I like how, uh, like there's like, you can control the orbs that are like around you. And then there's like different types of orbs that you can like shoot. And then like, there's different enemies and, and the, and the traversal at the end gets super fast and you get super quick about it. I love the time it spend and loop about it as well. It got a little confusing in the story, but I think they wrapped it up at the end pretty well. Um, it was a pretty epic story. Um, but yeah, just if you guys have, it's, it's on every platform that you could think of even on switch. So if it ever gets on sale and if you love Metroidvanias, I highly recommend this game. Um, it's, it's really, really good. Wow. Rebecca. Um, wait, how many did Elaine have left? I have one in an honorable mention. Both of us are down to one. So I thought we'd get everybody down to one. Okay. Um, so this is my number one for my um, games that didn't come out this year. Like Earthbound, it is a game that came out a long time ago also. Um, I played it in the beginning of the year, and this kind of, I think, kicked off my trend of playing these older games and kind of kicked off my Into the RPGs a little bit more than I ever have in my life. Um, I played Chrono Trigger, and that's my number mm-hmm. one older game that came out before this year. Um, it came out in 95. Um, I played it right around the 25th anniversary of it. So I think there was a lot of buzz. You know, I, I was seeing other people talk about it. This game was recommended to me. Didn't think really much going into it. I didn't know anything about it. Again, the only RPGs that I've ever played before this were Pokemon and Undertale. And are those really RPG? <laughs> Probably not. Um but this is another one that just checked all of the boxes for me. Really amazing characters that you can dive deeper into with side quests. Really compelling story with time travel. You guys know I love that. Um, the music, the soundtrack, I listen to songs from this soundtrack almost every day. Honest, like honest to God, I listen to this music all the time. Um, there's so many endings to this game. So I got one ending. I absolutely plan to go back probably every year and try to get a new ending to this game. Um, I just, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Chrono Trigger. It's so special. It's, I feel like it has like this cult following, like it didn't get the love that it deserves. Um, this is probably my number one game this year, like nice. above my number one. That's awesome. Time. Yeah, that's rad. I think uh, it's Kyle's again, favorite game too. One, so badly for them to do something else with this game like remake it doesn't need a remake but i want them to remake it so that we can get official merchandise so that we can get more Uh talking Mm -hmm. about that's what i want for this game it's so special the characters are so meaningful to me um i need to play this game i'm I'm an rpg person i'm like how did i not play did you play a rom did you play it on ds 
I did. I played a ROM of this of the Super Nintendo version. Um, so it is on Steam. It is. Um, they re like remade it for the PlayStation One or something. Um, I wanted to play the original version of it. Um, carts for this game are so hard to get. Mm-hmm. There's not that many of them. I have it on DS. I, I own have it on DS. DS. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's what it was. Yeah, DS. Yeah. Um, there's not a bad way to play it if if you don't want to emulate it. You know, play any of the versions that are available out there. Um, but the combat is so unique. Like, yeah. I played more RPGs this year because of this, trying to find something that made me feel the same way, and I couldn't find anything. I peaked at this mm. game. Um, Garrett, I would love you to play it. Um, It'll be soon. I have I have it right here on my 3DS. So I wrote about this one. I I wrote about the 25th anniversary for Twin Like it's, I think about it all the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's easily my number one overall. Nice, nice. I um I wrote I was scrolling over on my sheet to look at the other things, and I realized I wrote a note down earlier when I was talking about the Pathless. Did I say the Last Guardian? You did not say The Last Guardian, I think. Okay, because I wrote down the note and I, I felt like it, maybe I had because I meant Shadow of the Colossus. So, yeah. Yeah, mm. okay. Yeah. Uh, my number one game of the year, to nobody's surprise that listens to podcasts that I do, is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's mm. by far and away my number one game of the year. Um, quite frankly, nothing else comes close. I could have this game and everything else if I was doing a true ranking. I think Ori and the Will of the Wisps one of my favorite games of all time. I definitely think it's the best xbox published game this entire generation um and that includes some really great games gears 5 gears 4 forza horizon 3 they have it's not like they don't make really good games but man or in the will of the wisps is masterful to me in so many ways and i've said it and i'm gonna say it one more time um everybody owes it themselves to play this game i think it's the best platformer i've ever played and that's saying a lot it also has incredible combat for a side-scrolling game. For a 2D game, it has incredible combat for a 2D game. And you put both of those together and you have a beautiful environment and an actual enriching story with very little dialogue. And the expert level design and the the progression that you make as a player from the beginning of the game to the ending is quite impressive. Or at least I was really impressed with everything that I was doing at the end of the game that I had no idea that I'd be doing from the beginning of the game and quite frankly have never done in any other game. And I play a lot of platformers. Um, it's probably my favorite genre. I think almost any platformer that comes out, I almost play. You guys know that. I play just about anything that comes out as a platformer. I really like those games. And uh, this one sets it apart. And that is beyond its art style, which is can, could be considered best in class. It's music, which I think absolutely is considered best in class. I mean, it's just... So many amazing things. Like if you were to like pull out a rubric and grade a game on like every little subcategory, I think more often than not, or in the little wisp would score 10 on 10 on every one of those subcategories for me. It's, there's not a whole lot I can say bad about it. Um, everything it does, gameplay, progression, style, mm. art, music. I mean, all of it is just incredible. So happy that it came to switch. So happy when Jeff Grubb told me it was coming to switch. Um, all of it. And, uh, it's on game pass. You've got to play it. It's one of the best games. My personal snub from the game awards. I can't even imagine not considering it. That's, that seems blasphemous to me. It's like, how is that that possible? You guys just, I wonder how many of those people that voted played it because it just doesn't seem, I don't see how it's possible. You play this game to the finish and not see it in that light. It's hard to imagine for me. I think you're right. There was just not a lot of hype 
around this game. I think you were the most hyped person. Um, I'm in the middle of Ori in the Blind Forest, and that and that game's really really good too. So I just I can't wait to to wrap that up. And I wonder how much of that is because when yeah. Ori in the Blind Forest came out, I like that one a lot too. But as I said, when this one came out, I finished it. This one blows that one out of the water. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are thinking it's like a very similar or the same game, and they're not. Or in the Will of the Wisps is so much better than the first one. I had somebody ask me, they're like, I'm going to play the first one first. I was like, don't. Like, I would hate for you to play the first one and give up on it and never get to the second one. Mm. Play the second one because it's just, it's better, my opinion, like across the board. It's funny because my last game is actually Ori in the Blind Forest. Well, it's oh, not, wow. It's up there. I I haven't played Will of the Wisps. I actually, pl- I believe I played Blind Forest before Will of the Wisps came out. And I'm going, that's, I intend to go and play the other game. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is my favorite game this year. This game's up there, though, and probably breaches top five. And I, it did not come out this year, which is the only reason maybe the rules shift it. But there are a few games without dialogue that can make me tear up. And that one does it. It is, it is an incredible. As soon as you difficult. start it. Yeah, right in the beginning. Like, let me just so much emotion. And just like that yep. move where you're like, I'm fine, I'm strong. And there are tears running down your face. Like, and you're fine. You're not sobbing. But like you feel... It's really difficult to do that, to like pull that kind of emotion out of a human being without any dialogue, without any words. And in very short order and with just a combination of a scene and some music. Mm-hmm. And it got me again at the end, too. Yep. Uh, and games that can do that are special. Games that can do that and make me want to continue to play them, even though they're not all that, are even more special. Like, it's... it's Will of the Wisps is probably a much more complete platformer, but this is still a very good game. Blind Forest has its moments, and uh, there yeah. are some pretty good set pieces, but Will of the Wisps is like so exponentially more complex and mm. has boss battles and like so many varying environments and varying play styles and all the different things you got to do. Because like, it's not just, it's not, it's so hard to explain it, I think, as somebody who really likes it, because it's not just one mechanic. It's a combination sure. of mechanics. It's it's how the game forces you to combine all of them together to get to the rally point is mm. I mean, I there were moments I came away like like we were talking about Doom. There were yeah. moments when I did a set piece through Ori and the Well of the Wisp where I had set the controller down. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe I just did that, that all of this just happened. Like I have to reflect on this. Um yeah. Blind Forest has a few of those moments, too, where those moments where you're just like, oh, I made that happen. Yeah. Oh, and I had to make that happen. And the window was very small <laughs> to make that happen. And I think the best platformers are ones that give you a bunch of mechanics that you have to string together to make something that seems impossible when you first look at it happen. And then you do it and you're like, I feel good. That feels good. I feel like I know what I'm doing. And then you go to the next set piece and you're like, well, what, what do I know? How does the game work? I feel so dumb a lot in that game. Or in the Will of the Wisp does it better than any game I've ever played. I'm so glad to hear that, and I'm so excited to play that one because Blind Forest was definitely one of those the very few experiences this year that that got me kind of all around. Like it made me feel something, and then it made me feel proud of the gameplay aspect of it. Right? Like Doom makes me feel awesome when I finish a set piece, but do I like want to cry when Doom guy murders that guy? No. But Ori and the Will the Blind Forest got me both ways like both emotionally and like actual gameplay and that's hard and i think that's special so it's my last one garrett nice so i'll be a little bit quicker i still have two games left but they're my top two and they're the final games for each category first the games that didn't release this year but last year luigi's mansion 3 
Um, I've, I've talked about this extensively in Shaq, so I won't be too long, but I, I think it every step of the way, this game is so much better than the previous games yep. in the series. Um, it has a lot of charm. The, the mission structure um, is, is just top of the line. I love how you go into a hotel and you have to go through each floor and each floor is a theme and each theme kind of just like blew me away and like it was so whimsical, but um, also had that Halloween kind of scary type of thing going on there. I, I just, oh man, every time I think about that game, it's like, man, it's it's an awesome game and it's much better than I, I, re- I originally thought it, it was going to be. Um, the bosses were really well made as well. The so many different types of bosses, there's so many more bosses than previous games. Um, but yeah, that and the level of interactivity in Luigi's Mansion Three, really, really good. So, Luigi's Mansion Three is is that uh, top of the game for that category. And then my final game of the year, I think everyone knows this: Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And again, I've talked a lot about this in Shack. But really quickly, it's probably one of my favorite JRP stories, um, yeah, of all time. I think the last one I thought about this the story uh, of a JRPG is Persona Five. So so it's up in that level. Um, I I just love the the characters in there. Uh, Shulk is uh, very complex as well, and like the story you take on with this adventure, it battles a lot of themes. Um, and I'm, it's, it's really interesting to see this type of game being made just out of the blue, being so well written and the world that they created is, um, just so good. It's just, it, it felt like, um, you know, a long drawn out movie to me, you know, with a lot of RPG type of mechanics. Um, yeah, it's just every time I go back to it, it's like, this is a great jrpg that if you are a jrpg person this is like play this game now and um but yeah that those are my my top two games hey so i mean I, I love that you love that game i've been telling people for a very long time about that story i wish the remaster was better um yeah it's still the best way to play and it's on switch and that's that's cool i liked it and i think the dlc is really good as well wrapped up uh some character arcs in there i never even got to it and i think i was more excited about that and i didn't even play it I yeah yeah um, my yeah my last number one were you gonna add to what was on garrett's no i was just gonna transfer to you so yeah keep going. oh okay yeah sorry <laughs> my, my number one of 2020 i'm i'm a little bit sad didn't make anybody's list at all Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, you guys know it. It's it's Animal Crossing: New Horizons. I there's that shouldn't come as a surprise. I, I put more hours into this game than most other games that I've ever played in my life. Um, I'll continue to put hours into it. You know, it's the kind of game that I went into this expecting to play for several years. Um, I don't play every single day, but I play most days, even if it's just for a few minutes. Um, the only other Animal Crossing game that I played before this was New Leaf and I, and a little bit of Wild World. Um, I played a, a good bit of New Leaf, but not like this. I didn't have the social aspect of the game when I was playing New Leaf because I didn't have any other friends who were playing it. Um, that's different in this case. 
obviously everybody was playing Animal Crossing when it first released. It was a phenomenon. Like it was breaking past the gaming sphere and non-gamers were playing it. You guys, you know, I feel like everybody knows people who aren't gamers who are playing Animal Crossing when this came out this year, just the timing of it when it did. Um, I still have people that I play it with, um, you know, just visiting each other's islands, helping each other with whatever they're crafting, you know, sending them materials, um, taking screenshots, you know, seeing who got a new animal villager on their island. Um, it's a game with very long legs. It's I know it's didn't meet everybody's expectations because they didn't know what Animal Crossing was. But for someone like me who does, and I, I know that this is like my comfort game, like I can relax with this. It's just very carefree. Um, it's everything that I wanted New Leaf to be, I think. Um, I have that social interaction with it with other people online. Um, you know, the the ability to decorate endlessly outdoors that you couldn't do in New Leaf. Um and there's more content being added all the time. Like I feel like each new update that they're adding, it's something new. It's bringing me, bringing me back into the game, bringing new items, um, seeing what's new, checking it out. This is definitely my game of the year for, for hours put into it, if nothing else, but just that it makes me happy. And I feel like it's not the best game of 2020. Um, you know, when, when they had the game awards and stuff, like I knew it wasn't going to win game of the year, be, like as far as the best game goes, because there's not, there's a lot of things wrong with it, but I feel like it's the game that defined 2020. You know, when it came out, just, yeah. it was what the world needed at the time. It's kind of like what Pokemon Go did that year when everybody was playing it. Like it brought everybody together. Everybody was there. Um, so that's why that's my first game of 2020. I think it's Nintendo funny. would happily give up that trophy as they yeah. cash their deposit check down at the bank. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, that matters. But I feel like we're talking about like just defining games. Like you have to talk about this game in 2020. Oh, sure. It was my honorable mention. Like the last one I probably would have thrown mm. in. And it's not, yeah. I played, I skipped all of Animal Crossing between the GameCube one, which I played in college, right? This is, now you all know how old I am. <laughs> um, probably the oldest one here, which is upsetting uh, for a multitude of reasons. But I played the GameCube one in college and I distinctly remember staying up until midnight on New Year's Eve so I could log into the stupid Animal Crossing. I was like 22. I was a baller, kids. Uh, but like, that's what I did on New Year's Eve in my first apartment. I was maybe 20, yeah, 22, 23, something like that. And um, this game has a lot of that stuff. And that the best part about it for me is, is it one of my favorite games of 20? Not necessarily, but playing this one with my children who's it's their first animal crossing and, and having them go, mom, I made you something on my Island and mm -hmm. like having us all fly into the Island so they could show me this like cool thing they made. And my daughter and son like put on these like Island tours and she would give everybody like, it was the, it was the best family experience that and fall guys. They just, we needed that. You're it's right. a very social game. It doesn't yeah. look like it, but it really is. Yeah, and we would sit in the basement with our switches, like a bunch of nerds, and you know, we would share stuff. And it, it wasn't necessarily my favorite thing to play, but having it to play with them, mate, you're right. It's exactly what we needed this year. Like they were disconnected from their friends and from that stuff, that playground stuff that they might have done. So to have this as a tool to sort of like fill that space. It it is special, even if it's not my favorite personal thing to Victoria play. Victoria was you know? playing with her best friend from school right before we started doing this. She hadn't seen her all year. Yeah, they've not yeah, seen my, each other. Yeah, kids like 
This is they learn to play nice with each other through Animal Crossing. Like we've had some revelations in 2020. But my birthday is March 27th, two weeks after lockdown, a week after this game came out. So I had my birthday party in That's Animal Crossing. I remember that. Yeah. I invited people over because I couldn't see anybody on my birthday. Um, and that's one of honestly one of my favorite memories of this year because people brought gifts like it was like we were like together like and I there's like not just like my online Twitter sphere friends but like like I said like there's my friends who aren't normally into gaming who were playing this that yeah. I'm able to connect with through this game who were seeing each other and hanging out with each other on this game and it it it's social and it feels connected and it's just exactly what we needed this year so I I had a friend that I, we, we were like online friends for years through forums. Like, and I started playing animal crossing and she sent me a message through the app to like to voice chat. I haven't talked to this woman in like uh, over a decade. And we got, we, we just walked around and gave Island tours and chatted. Like I would never have had that experience if it wasn't for this game. We would have never reconnected even if it was just once or twice. Like absolutely, it is special and it does deserve its recognition for being special. Even if it isn't something I need to play every day, it it's very 2020 in a nutshell, in a little parcel of joy. Yes. I'm really glad that we have you here because if we did, you know, our show would have missed so much of this content all year long because mm-hmm. it just didn't do much for me or Garrett. And we've had secondhand Animal Crossing experiences. And that's okay. like, I, I know everybody was playing it and it's not everybody's type of game, just like how a lot of these others aren't. And I get that. Like, it, it's definitely, it hits a different audience, but you're right. Like, I feel like it's just something that the world came together for a time and that's, yeah. that's what's important. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let me tell you after 1100 hours, I think it's my girlfriend's game of the year. My daughter is all in out of control in this game still. Like her Island makes me feel bad about myself. She's <laughs> like, and I, my son was like, mom, I can't, I can't play anymore. I've seen Caitlin's Island and I'm like, I know. Right. Like there's I can't so even- much to it that it's chugging on the screen. Yeah. That's yeah. Too. Best friend. Wow. I don't think they ever anticipated people would come up with the kind of things that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for these indefinite, never-ending games. You know, these Stardew Valley's Harvest Moons type things, where you can just keep playing and playing and like doing more. And it's so relaxing. It's it's special. I I I think it's wonderful that you feel that way because I always feel like I'm missing something when I play them. Oh, I'm not doing mm-hmm. enough. I'm gonna miss something. So I like I love that we both have very I, different experiences. Oh man, I was out of it in like two days. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people, because everybody wanted to kind of jump on this bandwagon, see what the hype is about. But, and I say it's not for everybody because you kind of create your own purpose in the game. So what I'm doing in the game might be different than Elaine, what your kids are doing in the game versus what other people, like it's very your own personal, what you want to do, you know, goal driven game. And if you can't like, if you need the game to tell you what to do, it's not the game for you. Yeah. And like, it's it's perfect for after me. I, f- I made like four axes. I was like, nope, not, <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing this. Yeah. I, I think it. that creative people who have that creative itch, it is perfect yeah. for those folks. And yeah. I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like Little Big Planet's a really good example. I don't want to make something. I want to yeah, download what you. Yeah. yeah. So I want to visit your island, but don't come to mine because same thing with Mario Maker. I could invest mm-hmm. nine, same thing with Mario Maker. Or yeah. Any of those games, like. I'm the opposite side of that coin, but I still think it was joyous because I got to play it just long enough to see what my wonderful children could make. And that's, and other friends. It's cool. I think that's neat. 
Um, some other shout outs that I had really ports and remasters made up a large part of my list, which I thought was interesting. Tony Hawk, Catherine, the mafia remastered oh, yeah. is excellent. It's gorgeous. Uh, um, Streets of Rage four and uh, Xenoblade Definitive Edition. I also threw in Clubhouse 51. I still play it. Right. I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was fun. Fun thing that came out. Um, but to get us out of here, um, games I didn't get to. Did not mm-hmm. get to Super Mega Baseball 3. I didn't get to Crash 4 or Wasteland 3. Dirt 5, Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, The Falconeer, or I Am Dead. That's like my short list of things I did not get to. I'm going to go get my my long list, which is in a stack oh, no. by my con. <laughs> we don't want to talk about uh, Ghost of Tsushima is one of the ones I, re- I kind of wish I could get to the last of us part two. I did not finish Yakuza like a dragon. Like I love Yakuza. I, it's I weird. It. I'm going to, I'm going to get into that, but I just needed some time and I haven't played Watch Dogs Legion yet. And I want to, cause I want to see it. And you know what? I'm going to say this and I realize it's going to be controversial. Well, I want to play cyberpunk while it's broken. Honestly, I, want to I don't mind. Clips. It looks hilarious. It looks <laughs> like, <laughs> so that stuff. I don't mind. But this is more broken than like yes. NPCs well, falling or cars floating or anything like that. It's if I can get it to run, I want there to play you go. It's it far more broken than that. <laughs> I just love seeing it's the clips. I don't to play it. My I just game does not boot up broken as hell. Yeah, like I, <laughs> my look, gosh. I want, I, I want to see it now, and then I want I, what I want is a no Give man's. Give it a year. What I want? I want the no man's sky arc. Mm-hmm. I want the, oh, it's broken and everybody's mad to the, oh my God, this thing is incredible arc. I hope it gets there. Um, no Man's Sky did get there and they've released some wonderful content this year, including mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. the dereliction stuff, the yeah. derelict ship stuff. So those are things I would love to get to. And you know, it's fine. I only have two weeks. I can do, look, I can do all of it. No, I can't. No. I'll try. I'll try. You know, bouncing off of Cyberpunk, I think I was very excited for that game. Were. Um I, I, I like like Elaine. I'm, Witcher Three is one of my favorite games of all time. I played the DLC, the mess out of it, and when I played this game, I knew I had to stop before I got into it a bit more. So same thing. It's it's just a little too broken for me. I know they're gonna make it better because that's how the studio runs. They Witcher Three is the same way. I'm gonna wait a year or so, yeah. or or the next gen patch. Let's see how the next gen patch goes. So. Yeah, one of the games I need to go back to. Also, other games I need to get to is Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I I got that beginning yeah, of the year. Have you never played it at all? Yeah, I didn't freaking touch it. Well, like, no, but I mean, you didn't play it on Wii U either. No, I didn't play it on Wii U. It's as one well. of my favorite RPGs. Like it's oh dang! It's, I said that for years and got made fun of around here. I said it for no, 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 years no. around PSVG. That, that game is. I like that game better than some of the Persona games. I like oh, that game better than Persona 5. I like that's the- saying um, something. All right. I, I need to get to this game. I, that game is special. You need to play that video game. Got it. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is another game I really need to get to. Persona 5 Royal. I play Persona 5. I need to get to the Royal, but that's another 150 hours. So we'll see about that. Um, other side. I, I talked about this game a little yeah. bit. It's an it's an indie uh, roguelite turn-based uh, game. Um I played like maybe six or seven hours into it. I just need to play a little bit more. Glowing reviews. Um, and then 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. I got that game. What? I played a couple of hours of it. You Okay. Come what? On. Did you just say? Game. <laughs> making up game titles again. <laughs> it's like a Mad Lib he just read. Like, what the hell? Dragon <laughs> Just put a couple words together. It sounds like a game. It's like, I, wonder, I wonder if they'll catch me on this. 
we're it's, gonna, we're gonna I feel like this is more of a sleeper hit than Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, it, they People are saying that the story is fantastic. They did not see this coming from VanillaWare at all. Um, the art style is pretty interesting, other than the revealing uh, parts that they do in those games. But that's besides the point. I really need to get into this game, though. Cool. I'm getting a PS5 next year for Ooh. the first time since the PS2, mm. and I will be catching up on all of the <laughs> that I have missed that are exclusives. What's so. what's first? Yeah, what's? Uh, oh man, I don't know. Can we That's give you recommendations? Can, you can give me recommendations. I God have of War. God of War, yes. I want to play God of War. That, that's on the list of games I want to play, for sure. I need to finish The Last of Us 1. Yes. I play The Last of Us 2. Um, just, you're going to be busy. You're going to be busy. No, I, and I know what happens in both of them, so it's you know not going to be a surprise, but I still want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, biggest disappointments. I have Mario 3D All-Stars, Deadly Premonition 2, The Red Ooh, Lantern, yeah. and Ninjala. Oh, wow, those are yeah. There's some good games. So sad because we were looking forward to the Red Lantern for two all, years, like yeah, all year long. We talked about this like <sighs> since it was announced, and like it's not what we thought it was going to be. And I, I feel bad. Like I, I need Ashley to Burton, I, right? I want to finish it. Yeah, You're like it's got to be good. No, it's not. <laughs> and like, how do you? Oh uh, my gosh! And it's just not what we thought it was. And I, I only played like 20 minutes of it. I, I, I know that's not fair. I need to like just. Finish it just to play I disagree it. with you. I put a good uh, few I hours know. into it, and I wish I didn't. I know. I wish I quit earlier. It's not. It doesn't get any better, Rebecca. It's sad. It's because the it's same. not what we thought. Oh, it's not good. Any other big disappointments? You no? hit mine. Mario 3D All-Stars was probably my big one. Mm. I was so I excited for a 3D All-Stars. I, I was, it. God, yeah. I was over the and moon. Not, I'm just and I wasn't they- wanting the moon. Like, people wanted right. Odyssey 3D. You know, like, I was. I didn't want that, but I was like... New controls, free camera, a res boost, widescreen. I'm going to love it. And we didn't even get that. Those Mario Galaxy, still re- they're good games in this box. But it's just I just wish we had gotten those things. And uh, I'm not personally disappointed by Cyberpunk because I don't think I was super surprised by it being broken. Right. I think I was expecting it to come in broken. So I wasn't that wasn't like. A oh, really? Disapp- I did not oh, expect I it was. to come in broken. I not like this. To come come in this broken, yeah. But considering that dev cycle, especially over this last, I forgive months. a lot open world stuff. I played Anthem for a mm-hmm. week the week it came out. I did so too. I'm not like, I feel like I'm not being harsh with my criticisms of Cyberpunk. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. correct. Yeah, I know. Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't like telling you you're right, like at all. <laughs> Everybody in this call can agree that's what you enjoy doing. But you're right um, about that. I just wasn't disappoint as disappointed as I was in something like Three D All Stars because uh, I kind of was expecting hey, it to come. It's broke. a thousand times better than Deadly Premonition Two. That I is a that steaming game. hot pile of garbage. <laughs> oh my gosh, that game! I have so <laughs> much more regret buying that game. Than Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk doesn't even boot right now on PC, and I'd still rather have it than Deadly Premonition Two. Let's end on a really fun note. What are your most anticipated games for next year? That we know are coming next year, sure, or you think's coming next year? Let's make that rule because otherwise you can think it's coming next year, and if it doesn't, it's fine. You can think so. Do you guys need some time? Breath of the Wild Two. Okay. I, I like your enthusiasm. I like <laughs> not coming next year. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right here, like, here you go, Rebecca. Pokemon Snap. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely coming next year. Yeah. That's that's got to be at the top. Sports Story. 
Sports story. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my next fully anticipated game, Bravely Default 2. Nice. I can't wait to get into that. Persona Strikers. Persona Strikers 2. Dudes. Uh, Left, right, jab. Like, look, Hitman 3 comes out. Ooh, right. Oh, my gosh. About Hitman 3, because I love being a crazy murderer and throwing muffins. <laughs> um, boy, uh, Monster Hunter Rise. I'm yeah, totally. I pre-ordered that, so. Let's oh, that's play. exciting. Yeah, and the and the Mass Effect collection. Yes, Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, that's up there for me too. So the ones that I know are coming out that and Pokemon Snap. I've got the Artful Escape, Tunic, Sable, Lego Star Wars, Resident Evil Village. I I really right, hope right, Village and Twelve Minutes. Uh, the Medium is also one I'm looking the medium. forward to. Yeah, next I'm month. I'm Not even next also- month. It's like next week. It's like two weeks away. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Scott Pilgrim out. Scott Pilgrim. Month. Scott Pilgrim is another yeah. good one. You've got to get it, Rebecca. If I you don't get it, movie. I'm going to buy it for I you. I need to watch the movie. <laughs> you haven't watched the movie? Oh, We've so been over this, Rebecca. Oh my god! You told me. Other people have told me. I know. I need to. I'll what do if, it. What if we ground her from the podcast until she watches? Rebecca, this, you just I can't come back. I promise. If you ground Rebecca from the podcast, just what are you doing? You two boys, really? Come We've got it. She's got to watch the movie. I promise. That's my promise to you. She's going to love it. Rebecca, Scott Pilgrim, it, it, it represents our age group. Metric it alone really... is worth watching the movie for. All the video game stuff on top of it is just a cherry on top. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. It's so I'm like good. a little peer pressure in 2020 to watch a movie. I love it so I'll just much. send it to you. I'll just give me your address. I'll Amazon it to you right away. <laughs> it's a cold classic. It's like $3. I it's, it's not even. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think it's on Netflix. Oh, I, think wow. it is. I think it's on Netflix. <laughs> I think like, it is. She's like, I scroll by it every day. And I think of Donnie every time and just keep scrolling by. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll play the game. It'll it'll be there. Yes. All right. That's it. That's a two-hour final end-of-the-year extravaganza. Hopefully you made it to the end. That's crazy. I don't know if anybody's going to make it this far, but that was, a, <laughs> that was a lot of games we just went over. So uh, hopefully you, you all enjoy it. And uh, yeah, final episode of the year for all of us. We've now all earned a nice break. Oh, so hell yeah. I will talk to you all in 2021. Merry Ooh. Christmas. Merry Bye, Christmas, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.